Hey, this is John Reap from the Country-ish Podcast on the All Things Comedy Network. No sports? No problem. My bookie offers the latest and most popular sport game titles and state-of-the-art software. No need to leave the comfort of your home. It's all at your fingertips. Featuring a truly flawless live casino, complete with professional dealers, as well as a large selection of classic and progressive slots games, plus the greatest selection of video poker variants. They really do offer something for everyone. Take advantage of their daily promotions for the casino, which includes bonuses, cash backs, raffles, free chips, and free spins for you to increase your chances of winning every single day. Also, you can put your skills to the test in their latest free blackjack and slots tournaments, which includes a free 10K prize pool blackjack tournament. Stuck at home? Don't even sweat it. They got you covered. Join now and start winning big today. Sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? My bookie pays fast when you win. With decades of experience, great customer service, and hassle-free transactions, why would you bet anywhere else? Visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code ATCCASINO for a 150% bonus on your first deposit. Bet with the biggest, win with the best, only at my bookie. Point out the colors of you, I see them too, and boy, I like them, I like them, I like them. We way too fly to partake in all this hate, we out here vibing, we vibing, we vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Don't try to run, don't try to hide. You're still your car without thinking twice. Start the party, hide your shit. Believe this is the hell tonight. Whoa! What's up, fool? We're Jeff Keller, people. Old yeah. school right here on the Comedy Store, man. We're talking about the natural fudge. I know you guys heard me mention. Felipe, where'd you get started? We're the first place you performed <laughs> with the natural fudge on Fountain Avenue. And, when, and, man, you guys should have seen the way I was dressed, man. I was wearing a checkerboard shirt, checkerboard coat. I was dressed like an 80s comic, man. I look like Fosse Bear from Fosse Bear from the Muppets, man. <laughs> cha 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 cha. And I remember I went up on stage, and there was these, there was these, um, there was a, uh, a black comic there who was dressed like um in a black suit and a oh, black hat. That was Don in a suit. Don who? Uh, Williams. No, not Don Williams. Don Williams was. You know what's funny? You mentioned him, Don Williams. <laughs> these, these are comics, people. That Don Williams, a clean comic, by the way. And that had the mustache, right? Uh-huh. The, the little fro. I saw that fool when I was on an airplane one time, and I put up a magazine, and there was like this ad for an, for insurance. And there was like this blown up building, and then he was just in the middle of the building, like with his hands up. <laughs> Don, Don got mad at me. Yeah. I I did it. I did a thing at you know, remember they had a new face. Still around? I uh, I haven't seen him, but they had new faces at the laugh, not like uh, the improv. Yeah, remember that. And so if I've been doing comedy like four months, and I did it, and I sit back there, and he, uh, what's his name, calls me back, the owner, and he's like, 
uh, Jeff, you were very funny. Um, uh, that was good. Um, I'm thinking about having you in there. And then, then, then all of a sudden he said, how long have you been doing comedy? I go four months. He goes, Oh no, you're not ready yet. You were too black on stage. So, <laughs> so I go too black. I said, okay. So the next week I come back and they say next comic Don Williams. Well, Don Williams wasn't there. So I went up as Don Williams and I went up there and I'm like, nigga this and nigga that and your mama's a nigga and your daddy's a nigga. And, and I hope when a nigga falls out the tree, that's your mama. And then I walk by Bud and I go, now that was probably too black. <laughs> To Bob Freeman? Yeah, no, no, Mark Linnell. It was Mark. Mark Linnell? I said, yeah, that might have been too black. <laughs> black and proud. Oh, man. Those are the days. Man, man. Don Williams had one joke, man. This is way back, people. This is when I was open mic when I didn't even know what was funny. And um, so we used to go to the play called The Natural Fudge. And I don't even know. You just sign your name and you will go. A, a band will perform, like a punk band. Yeah. And then um, after the, while, while they're getting the stuff up on, off the stage, you're performing. <laughs> and the next That's band, right. another, and then you, another comedian goes up, and they're they're setting up the mics right behind them for the next band. So you're doing comedy while they're setting up bands. You're the in between, and man, you're getting frustrated, man. And um, you're talking about the owners you to make out with everybody for stage time. Yeah, Brenda, <laughs> Brenda Starr. <laughs> She was a crackhead. She was? <laughs> she looked like one. She looked like one. <laughs> well, when her husband died, Johnny Roberts, um, Jamie Kennedy told me at the comedy store, Jamie Kennedy said, you should go over there and say bye to them. You know, um, Johnny Roberts passed away. And as soon as I, you know, she's all sad, right, Brenda? Uh-huh. And as soon as I get there, she's making out with a Mexican cook. <laughs> <laughs> like totally making out crying. The cooks want to did them in. <laughs> I say, wow, man, let the healing begin. <laughs> started with a kiss. Started with a kiss. What, what, you, you started at the fountain, at the at that um, natural fudge or the comedy store? Where'd you start? Yeah, I started, I actually was at the uh, comedy store. At the open mic? Yeah, I did the open mic. And Put your then, name in the bottle? Yeah, whatever, however they did it. It was crazy. And then uh, the doorman quit. And so the guy comes out and goes, uh, anybody want to be a doorman? I'm like, sure, I'll start as a doorman. <laughs> He's like, well, you got to do three minutes for Mitzi. And if she likes you, you're in. I'm like, all right. So I did my three minutes and Mitzi comes out and goes, oh, that was funny. You're in. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm in. So I started parking cars in the back of the comedy store. Whose cars you were parking? Dice man? Uh, dude, I, I, you know what I did to Damon, Damon Wayans? You know what? Damon was kind of a jerk, right? No. He'd throw the keys and be like, Damon Wayne's be throw the keys, park my car. I'm like, all right, dude, I got you. And that's when they had the, the car phones. Yeah. So I got on the car phone, his car phone, talked to my girl for like 45 minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> so about a month later, I hear Damon talking to the comic going, yo, man, my wife wants to kick me out the house. I told him I don't know that girl, that I don't know that number of the girl that was on my cell phone. So evidence that the cell phone number came up and she called the girl and the girl's like, the girl's like, well, you know, I'm trying to get with Damon. <laughs> and Damon's like, who is this heifer? So, yeah. So she was pissed off about the whole situation. Damn. <laughs> so I got him back. I got him back. So when you started, um, who was around when you were started? Like the, the Sam Kinison? Sam, Sam, it was in the Sam. Uh, but I was with like Carlos Mencia, oh, yeah, Eddie you Griffin. You used to roll with Carlos Mencia, right? You used to write for him? A uh, little bit. 
Little you, bit. you were with him in the first special, right? Yeah, I opened up video. the first special. Yeah, I'm the yeah. one that named the special. You did? Uh, yeah, Carlos, uh, it was uh, You the Man. You the Man. That's how I brought him on stage. I said, oh, yeah, Carlos, You the Man. And then what's his name? He said, oh, we're going to use that. Who? His manager? Yeah, his manager. What's the light skinned brother? I forget I forgot his, his name. name man. Worthy Patterson? Worthy, that's right. Yeah, Worthy. I don't even know what that, that shyster is, but he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he owes you money. Yeah, he owes me money. He owes me <laughs> money. Shyster, eh? Oh, come on, man. It's back guy. to the old school. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> he's a shyster. Oh, he's a shyster, you know. That's funny, dude. <laughs> but yeah, no, and I would sit there and I'd watch Mooney. I'd watch Paul. You know, I'd watch Eddie. I'd watch Eddie do Paul. I'd watch Carlos do Paul. You know, all the comments back then were just doing Paul, but they would make it to them. Like Eddie would, instead of telling the jokes, he would act out Paul. Paul Mooney, you're saying? Yeah, with Mooney. Uh, Carlos, instead of it being black, he would make it Mexican. Wow. You know, so if Paul talked about black, black uh, dude on Star Star Trek, Carlos would make it, well, a Latino on a Star Trek. And so I could see Paul's act three times. It was crazy. And and I just didn't even know. I'm like, this guy, these guys are brilliant. (laughs) You didn't know what was going on or what? Well, I knew what was going oh, on. Oh, okay. So, but I didn't want to be that guy. Oh, so yeah. what I would do is I would, if an event happened, I would try to write a joke like Paul and then see if Paul would do the joke. And, you know, because that's how I learned to, to write that way. And so that's what I did. It's just, comic store was a great learning time back then because comics would work with you. You know, they would talk to you. You know, I want to end up going on tour with Paul. You know, he saw me do an impression of Paul on stage. Paul who? Mooney? Mooney, yeah. Mooney, yeah. I, was, I did his impression. I said, wouldn't it be funny if Paul Mooney hosted African-American movie classics? So I'd be like, oh, homie. Welcome to African. Oh, fuck that. Welcome to nigga movie classics. <laughs> <laughs> and what I hear in the back, oh, oh, nigga, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> Just from the crowd, it's, that's brilliant, nigga, that's brilliant. He didn't get offended? No, he loved it. Then at the end of the, 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 the last joke of the bit, is like, Oh, I have to show my favorite nigga movie classic, The Titanic. Why is it a nigga movie classic? Because a lot of white people die and no niggas get blamed for it. <laughs> <laughs> and what I hear at the end of the whole joke from the crowd, oh, nigga, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> but as, you know, so then he calls me up like a couple of days later. He goes, nigga, Paul. <laughs> I'm like, who calls people like that, right? He's like, uh, I want you to go on tour with me. I said, Paul, how about if I don't want to go? He goes, nigga, it would help your career. (laughs) 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 So I'm like, all right. So we do these little gigs around town, right? So then the final silence, we go, go, we're going going to New York. We're going to do Caroline's. They love me in Caroline's. So we go to Caroline's, right? And I walk into Caroline, and Paul's sitting down eating chicken wings and drinking Moet. (laughs) And he's like, "Uh, homie, get what you want. Because a white man's paying for it. We don't know for how long. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Paul. <laughs> we don't know how long. But you doing? How you doing there, homie? <laughs> now, I mean, Paul, it was crazy. So now you're in the back in the green room, right? In the green room. And you got all these people. And who shows up? Uncle Ray. Eddie Murphy's Uncle Ray. So he comes walking and going, what's the up, real Jenna? Uncle Ray? Yeah, the real Uncle Ray. And I'm standing, and he goes, hey, Paul, what's up, nigga? What's going on? Who's this nigga right here? And Paul's like, uh, that's Jeff. He's like, hey, Jeff, no last name, nigga. I hope you're funny. Look at that ass right there. <laughs> Horny ass Uncle Hall. It was. I'm like, what the hey, hell? Hey, Jeff, with no last name. <laughs> that was my name. Jeff with no last name. <laughs> that was how he called hey, Jeff me. Jeff with no last name. Jeff with no last name. 
So now you know you're trying to focus, right? You're trying to get and all these all this madness is going around you, and I'm looking at my notes, and Paul walks over and goes, "Uh, nigga, what are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm I'm getting ready." He goes, "Let me see your notes." So he takes them and tears them up, and he goes, "Uh, comedy spiritual. Good luck." <laughs> I'm like, "What? Good luck?" Is yeah, because they love when I bring niggas the bomb, so don't bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, I don't want to come anyways." So I go up there and I have a good set. And I walk off and I do a joke about having a white mom, right? So as I'm walking off, Uncle Ray goes, hey, that's brilliant. That white mom shit's brilliant. I'm going to do that shit in Norfolk next week. And don't worry about it. You won't be the nigga, so they don't even know it's your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Though? Yeah. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> he, says, he says, I'll be opening up for Ashante with your shit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Damn. That, that fool's uncle does comedy? Dude, it was it was crazy. I put you back to the back the old school chilling circuit. <laughs> it was. Like like they no television. Yeah. <laughs> ain't no TV. Like, nobody could have noticed, man. <laughs> well, and, and they all they all rip you off because then that whole bit about Mooney hosting African American movie classics was on the Dave Chappelle show. Mooney hosting the classics. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And I didn't get a dime. Nigga Ramos. Again. I didn't get a nigga dime. Ramis. Ne- nigga Ramos. Yeah, nigga Damas. Negro Damas. Negro Damas, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was my bit. They they took it on Chappelle and People are like, you writing for Dave? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm not even waving at Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just helping the ratings. So you were there, man. Um, a, a, okay, you God. saw a lot of crazy, you saw the, the development of a lot of comics, huh? Yeah, man. I, it was it was, it was awesome, like, you know, watching. I mean, people even said they wanted about Carlos, but, dude, he can perform. He can, huh? He's a great performer. He's a great performer. I saw, when I walked in, when I, this was like when I was like, when I was dabbling in comedy. I was doing like a little bit of open mics here. You know, natural fudge, like we mentioned. I never been to the comedy store, but I have been to the Laugh Factory. I remember paying twelve bucks, twelve dollars to to get into the, the main room. I went through with a date, you know, but I was just there wanting to watch the show. Right, and I saw Luke Torres. Oh, killed Luke! It. Killed it. I love monster back there. Killed it. Tommy Rera and uh, Carlos Mencia, man, killed it. Yeah. he had the best set of the night. Him and Luke Torres had the best set of the night. Yeah. Dave Tyree. Dave. Dave's my man. And I think also, man, I'm, I'm not too sure, that guy who died with the cigarettes. The one used to hang around Sam Kennison. Oh. Bill not, Hicks. Oh, Bill Hicks. Was he ever at the comedy store? I didn't see Bill. Yeah, dude, because his name's on the wall and shit. The man was Don Rivera, man. He was arguing with the crowd. <laughs> oh, I seen Don. I seen, hey, I seen Don take a purse from the lady and throw it to the back of the comedy store Shut in the main the room. Fuck yeah. Up, dog. Yeah, Don didn't. Don, when he get pissed off, I think it was Don then because he was smoking a cigarette. He said, "I write jokes." (laughs) (laughs) What do you do, asshole? Are you serious, Don? That's funny. You said Dave Tyree. Dave Tyree and Paul got an argument one time. Paul Mooney. That was hilarious. About pants. No, Dave. Dave had a a CD out called "The Funniest Black Man in America." Dave Tyree. Dave Tyree. And so, and so Paul goes to him. He goes. He bowled out. (laughs) He said. He said Tyree, really, nigga. Really, the funniest black man in America. He says, "Paul, but but I buy your CDs." And Paul looks at him, and goes, "Cause I am the funniest black man in America." <laughs> I was like, "Damn, that's tight." <laughs> I mean, those things that you would see at the comedy store. I seen ghosts there. I mean, it's, are you serious? Everybody talks about that. Let's, like- let's, let's talk about ghosts, man. Everybody talks about see ghosts. Who who's ghost you see, dude? <laughs> Freddie Soto. Freddie Soto. Oh damn! All right, I baby. love Freddie. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was, it was Halloween night. I was with the, um, the manager and it was at the end of the night and we're sitting down in the place of closed down and we're just talking and we're sitting in one of the booths 
And all of a sudden we hear this, these chains, right? And we're like, what the hell? And remember they had the piano in the corner, right? Yeah. So we look at the piano and over the piano floating was a dude in a zoot suit just looking at us. Yeah. You saw this? Yeah. And so I look at the the girl, the manager, and I said, do you see what I see? And she's like, yep. And so as we get up and we walk, we walk down a little aisle towards the back door, the, he just turns his head and just watches us. And when we hit that double door, we was gone. And yeah, so when people say it's a haunted, oh yeah, it's. Who you see, Sammy Davis Jr. or what? Sammy Davis. You know, black people don't come back. I know. I'm the funniest ghost in America. He can dance. There was a gangster? Yeah, he's gangster, man. And this is the craziness. When it was, what was it called before Zero. the Zero. Zeros. My father's a jazz musician. He played at Zeros. Oh, yeah? Bugsy Siegel used to own that joint, right? Back in the days and shit? My mom used to sell hot clothes to Bugsy Siegel. My mom was a booster back then. My mom's white lady, and she would go boosting with two black women. What's and boosting yeah, for? What's boosting? Boosting, in, in boosting back then is shoplifting. Is, was was no, that's that's <laughs> don't say shoplifting. That's low end. Yeah, my mom would be perturbed over that whole statement right there. <laughs> my mom, my mom was like, she would steal diamonds. She would steal uh, suits, furs. They would have tight. That's okay, why, that's what they call it boosters. That's why I was boosted. She, she was like high end shit. Huh? It was high. end. We would have after parties at our house in Beverly, up in the Hollywood Hills. And the Temptations, for Tosh, Marvin Gaye, everybody would come down and, and would buy would buy the stuff. Um, so so she would sell stuff to Bugsy, but when she how she would get her stuff was she'd walk in with two black women and go up to the person to security or the, the manager go. I heard the black woman say they're gonna rip you off, and they'd be like, "Thank you, Miss." And so they'd follow the black woman around, and my mom would just take suits and put them between her legs and drop her skirt down and take some diamonds, drop them in a purse, you know, take some more suits. She could walk out of store with four suits rolled up between her legs and walk out normal. Damn. And they would, go, they would go up and down the coast with different wigs and different things, and that's how they would roll. And so it was an after-hours club that we had up in the, on uh, Lookout Mountain Drive, right down the street from Houdini's Castle. That's where I lived for a couple of years with that madness. And you guys had, uh, they had like an after-hour party there? Yeah, they'd have it on the weekend. And uh, my mom would take the order. Nikki Coin. Mickey would come Mickey in. Mickey Coin. Yeah, yeah. All the L.A. gangsters and shit? Uh, I know Mickey was one. I don't know who else, but I know Mickey was a big client of hers. And I know the Marvin Gaye and a lot of the uh, performers back then. So when your dad was playing jazz, was this during the time that jazz was real big in South Central on Crenshaw? Yeah, he was part of the... When they had a lot of clubs. A listener, you can know, um, there used to be a lot of clubs on South Central all over Crenshaw, right before you get... Once you passed the Garment District and you passed... um, uh, the Olympic Auditorium, and then there's another little district. It's jazz area all, all up in that club. There's still some jazz places left, but there used to be a lot of them when your dad yeah. was there, right? Central Avenue. What Central years Avenue. was that booming, dude? Oh, that had to be like late 50s, early yeah, 60s. Yeah, 52 to 59. Wow. Yeah. Um, he, actually, my dad, uh, too, was Ray Charles. He, My dad wrote Unchained My Heart, which is actually, they wrote it in rehab. It's about heroin addiction. Don't be lying, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling this ain't you. no little weed, right? <laughs> Just give me a little taste, man. Oh, yeah. No, it was funny. The way my no, dad. No, for real, your dad wrote Unchanged My Heart? Yeah, Unchanged My Heart. Unchanged My Heart. It set me free. Self set me free. <laughs> he actually did the baboom booms with Ray, with, uh, with uh, Red Fox and Slappy White. So you're living off royalties, I say. Huh? You're living off royalties. No royalties. Because they sold it for like $50. What? Yeah, they sold it. They didn't know know how how big music was back then. No. Art LeBeau knew. Art LeBeau knew, that's right. 
Yeah, he actually, my mom actually threw uh, uh, Charlie Parker out the house um, because they came in the house to do heroin. And uh, my mom's like, you know, y'all got to go. And my dad's like, but baby, this is this is Charlie Parker. This is the bird. And she says, well, you can open up the door and you and the bird get the fuck out. <laughs> and that's, you know, that was my, that's why my mom, she's a little gangster like that. You know, it was crazy. Where's your mother from? My mom was from Michigan and then she came out here and then she was on her own from 16 on. And straight so, hustling, huh? She straight hustling, no doubt. I mean, she got my father. Actually, my father was married and, uh, when we were born so to another woman. So <laughs> then she started hanging out with this other dude named Keller, uh, who was a small-time hustler. And then when she got to Keller, Keller's partner was called uh, Perry, who was a big-time drug dealer. And then that's when she got into the big-time stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's where it all started. And your dad, what was your, what was your dad doing? Well, my father was, he was, he was, he was playing drums. Uh, he was playing, they went up, they went up to uh, Seattle <laughs> and the guy in Seattle was playing with Ray Charles. Didn't like Ray. You know, Ray was kind of a dick if you knew Ray. Um, so like he didn't pay well. Well, he was just an ass. Um, and so he tells my dad, he goes, yo, yo, uh, Bobby, why don't we switch? Ray's blind. He won't know. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad's like, all right. <laughs> my dad's kind of goofy like that, right? So he played with Ray for about a month, and he goes up to Ray, and he goes, hey, Ray, you know, I'm Bobby. I've been playing. Ray's like, oh, Bobby, I know you're, you've been playing for about a month, Bobby, but I liked your playing, so I didn't say nothing. Uh, so I'm going to pay you. So he paid my dad. So my dad's sitting back watching Ray, and she's, he's like, you know what? I think Ray can see. I think Ray is just bullshitting to get paid. He's running a hustle. So my dad was the guy that came out and, and set the mics up. <laughs> Right? So he moved the mic, right? So Ray, because he's going to move the mic and watch Ray just go around it. You know, then I'll know that he can see. Ray comes walking out, busts his head <laughs> on the mic. And, my, and Ray's like, Bobby, you're fired. And my dad's like, but Ray, I thought you could see. <laughs> you done unchained that mic. So, yeah, man. That's, yeah, man. That was my father. That's what he, you know. I didn't believe it. Like when when I, I didn't get to see him again until I was like thirty two years old. Yeah, I was doing I was doing stand up and I was doing an impression of my father telling me a bedtime story as a heroin addict. And a guy said, "Is that true?" And I said, "What's your dad's name?" I go, "Bobby Pittman." He goes, "He just played in here last week because him and Billy Higgins were good friends." And about a month later, I get a call from my dad. I say, "Hey, I want to come. I want to see you." And so that's how I got reacquainted with my dad. And so he would tell me stories, right? And I'd be like, "He's bullshitting." Yeah. So he told me the Red Fox and Slappy Wright story. And so I ran into Slappy at the comedy store. And I'm like, Slappy, this is probably some bullshit, but I got to ask. Apologize. You know. Just imagine. Right. I'm like, I got to ask you, man. My dad said he used to do the boom booms for you and, and Red at the, at the Fox. So he goes, what's your dad's name? I go, Bobby Pittman. He goes, Bobby Pittman. Bobby Pittman. He was the baddest boom boom player we ever had. I'm like, oh, man. He goes, what's he doing? I'm like, yeah. So I called him and they talked for a while. So. After that, I had to believe his stories, you know? It's like, okay, I believe you now, Dad, but I thought he was BSing, man. <laughs> you do a Richard Pryor, too, huh? Richard? Yeah, I used to do a Richard and Pryor. When I first started, my whole act was I remember Richard. I used to do a Richard Pryor. Yeah, I said, I want more to Illinois, she. That's, that's a city, nigga. You don't know about that. <laughs> you know. Yes, that was my whole act. Do more, bro. Oh. <laughs> the girl, Miss Rudolph, she she come out there like on my knees and look up. I'm hoping the guy ain't got a kiss nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's pretty good, Richard Pryor. Did you ever meet Richard? 
Yeah, I actually got uh, prior convictions and had him uh, sign it. Oh, um, he wrote the whole name or scribbles. Uh, actually, it was sad. It was it was a it was a ink like one of those stamps. Oh, and then he tried to sign his name. Was basically just uh, you know RP. But I tell you what, he's the only guy I've ever seen at the comedy store. They brought him up in a wheelchair and, and, and set him down, and he got like a ten minute standing ovation. And then when they sat down, he looked at the crowd and said, "Don't be mad at me. Don't feel sorry for me, shit. Because if God wanted to punish me, He would have made my dick not work." <laughs> The crowd just went crazy. And I'm like, you know what? That's a true comic right there, man. He yeah. You know. Yeah. Did you ever see him when you were normal? Seen Richard when he was yeah, normal? Yeah, when he was walking around? No, I just, I caught the end, end of Richard. Uh, that was like 92, huh? 91? Yeah, but he used to he used to ride Paul. He used to, yeah. like, oh, he would talk more trash to Paul. I'd be like, oh, damn. I remember um, Freddie Soto used to drive him around. Oh, Richard? Yeah. Oh, man. Right before he passed away, he told me that Richard Pryor, he, would, he to pick up Richard Pryor and he would help him sit down in a car. And then one time, like, he just, um, he did, he sat down on his, you know, oh, he said he sat down on his balls. And he goes, God damn, man, you sat on my balls. <laughs> and then he asked him, <laughs> then um, Freddy Soto said that he asked Richard Pryor, um, no, Richard Pryor asked him, man, so, what, 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 what business you in, man? What you, what you, what you do, man? Right. Now, you know, you, you know, you're just a driver. He goes, oh man, I do stand up comedy. Stand up comedy. Goddamn, Paul Drew getting his whole fucking family in the business. <laughs> <laughs> Richard was a, Richard was a fool. I love Richard. <laughs> you know, then, he, he's hanging out with David Banks. David Banks, who's that? David Banks he was like was a preacher or something. David, right? Yeah, David Banks was the other guy that wrote for Richard. He's the guy, he made that preacher bit about, right? Right. So it was him and, and Paul. So they would all, actually, and Paul told me this was amazing, and I wish we could do this. Um, if Richard wanted to work out material, he would go in the original room, do an hour and a half, sit down with Paul and Banks, rewrite it. Same night, go in the main room, do an hour and a half, sit down with, with, with Paul and Banks and rewrite it. And then he would go in the, uh, upstairs in the belly room do an hour and a half and rewrite it with those two. So he'd do like four and a half hours of comedy a night. Could you imagine that? Four and a half hours? Wow. That's funny. Um, that's something, that I, that's something that actually um, I read about that in that book. I'm glad you said that. No, no, it's true. Yeah. That was funny, man. Like, Freddie Soto told me that one time. I don't want to. I'm just quoting Freddie Soto. Yeah. That he took, um, he went to a party with Richard Pryor. He drove Richard Pryor to Whoopi Goldberg's party. Oh, nice. And Paul Mooney was there. Uh-huh. And he was stealing pies. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Paul. Oh, nigga, great up pie right there. That's what he said. <laughs> I love dessert. <laughs> I know Paul because Paul's a fool. I love dessert. Yeah. pie. You know, you, you know, know the Mooney twins too. Yeah, Daryl and Dwayne. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, how they have the fifth Beatle. Yeah. I'm like the fifth Mooney. You know, I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm that guy out on this out there. No, Paul. Yeah, no, Paul. You know, Paul and, and, and David uh, uh, Alan Greer had a beef. Cause, uh, what, Homie the Clown or something? No, because it, uh, uh, Laura Petty. Remember Laura Petty, Tank Girl? Tank Girl, Laura Perry. Laura Petty. Somebody told well, that was a, that was um, that Laura Petty's a girl from uh, League of Their Own. Yeah, yeah. They had beef. They, over her? Yeah, what happened was. Well, Paul had Paul had came flew back into town, right? The Paul Mooney. Yeah, so he drove by. He drove by uh, Laura Petty's house. What? And he calls Laura. And he saw he saw David Allen Greer's car there, so he calls he calls Laura. And says, "Uh, 
Laura, I want you to come down and, and see my new Cadillac. And then Laura's like, no, Polly goes, no, come down now. So she comes down and she gets in the car and they start driving, right? Paul locks the door. And he's telling me this at the comedy store, right? And when Paul talks to you, he's like right at your face. And, you know, he's got that Cavassier breath going, you know, and you know, and I'm trying to move, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to the story, right? Then I'm thinking, I don't want to be like the O.J. Simpson case, right? Like if they, if he kills the, like David Allen Greer, I don't want to be like uh, Cato, right? So <laughs> I don't, so Paul. No witness. Yeah, I don't want to be the witness, right? I'm like, Paul, I don't really want to hear this. He goes, oh, no, nigga, you got to hear this. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, man. This is brilliant. Yeah, so Paul goes, so I'm driving with Laura. And I go, I know that nigga David Allen Greer is in there. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, Paul, you're not going to O.J. me, are you? And Paul said, nigga, I wouldn't give you the pleasure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Paul, please don't kill this man. Cause I don't want to be on the witness stand. And so when we would do gigs and David Allen Greer's supposed to be there, he wouldn't show up. David would not show up. I'm like, why are you afraid of Paul? I'm like, I, I'd be a little afraid of Paul. Paul crazy. Laurie Petty. Yeah, Laura, over Laura Petty. Can you believe that? That's crazy. <laughs> Damn. Mm-hmm. League of their own tank girl. When you start doing stand up comedy, was there a lot of competition like there is now? Everybody was cool? No, it was hard for me, especially when I did the black clubs. Because. Did you ever do the, that club over there, um, 43rd and Crenshaw? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Regency West. Yes. Yeah. And another one, too, the the um, the one in the, uh, it was across the street, they had a, a, a barbecue shop. But you got to buy it out of the window. Oh, that's hilarious. That wasn't Marla's Memory Lane, was it? No, that was in, um, that was there. Oh, the J, oh, that's a J spot. Brown, but it wasn't called a J. It's, it's, it was owned by a light-skinned man. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And it's right make, on the corner. He should make you do improv. He make you do improv. <laughs> Him and Dr. Lou. And they do, <laughs> Dr. Lou, what? <laughs> I know this fool knows everybody I, I started open mic with. Dr. Lou, Freddie Novak. <laughs> Oh, Novak. Oh, my God. <laughs> was he really a doctor, Dr. Lou? No. I, no, he, no, he didn't. He, I have a he doctor got a of doctor. psychology. Yeah, he got it from USC. Yeah. He got a doctor. Like Dr. Ken. Dr. Ken used to do the uh, room I used to run. He used to wear suits, man, and yeah. canes, and yeah. he was a pimp on the side. He was a pimp. Pimping the education. <laughs> Pimping that. System. But, you know, the last, the, you're talking about uh, uh, Regency West was, uh, that was the spot. That, and that's when D.L. Hughley, I was there when D.L. was, uh, I, I caught the end of Robin Harris, but D.L. was the host then. And they would hate on me because I wasn't a bad looking brother back then, you know. I know, bro. Light skinned. You just cut off playing with the Rams. Yeah, and I played the Falcons. You played with the Falcons, I right? Played you, play, you played NFL. Yeah, I played in the NFL. You know, so, so you played, um, you went to USC? I went to Washington State University. So you, you, where you originally from then? Here. Los Angeles? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, got, I'm sorry. Got, you see Hollywood Hills. Yeah, I got I got recruited. Uh, Quarterback? Uh, wide receiver. Oh, shit. It, it's funny because I was going to go to Azusa Pacific and major in theology. And then my mom's like, no, you're going to Washington State because it's in the Pac-10 at the time. <laughs> and so I ended up going there, and I was out of control up there. I was doing all kind of crazy shit. But, uh, yeah, people say, what's the difference between, like, college football and pro football? Like, when they hit you in college – it's like they hit you because, you know, they're playing for their college, for their team. When they hit you in the pros, they hit you like they got a mortgage, a side chick, you know, <laughs> a drug problem. They hit you with everything. <laughs> they, got, they were this yeah. stripper from last night. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they yeah. They want to pay for the after party. Oh, they trying to knock you the F out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to run out of bounds, and the coach would be like, why you run out of bounds? I said, because we get four downs, coach. <laughs> we got three more to get to first. <laughs> the fool trying to kill you, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then the coach got mad and said, sit on the bench. I said, guess what, coach? He said, well, I go, they can't hit me over there either. <laughs> How long did you play for? Um, Just for two years. Two I was years? two years. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't into it. I said, once it wasn't fun anymore. I was kind of a different type dude. And so once it wasn't fun anymore, I'm like, this is some bullshit. Like, they'd be like, Jeff, won't you come in and look at film? I go, why? <laughs> you know, there's no reason for that. I know what they're going to do. And so, <laughs> so they were like, nah, you got to go. Who's the quarterback when you were playing out there? I played with two guys. I played with uh, Steve Barkowski. And then they had uh, the LA Express out here. LA Express, Remember yeah. Remember that? I played with Steve Young. Steve Young? Yeah, Steve loved me. Steve, I Michigan to- Generals. Washington, Washington Generals, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was, yeah. But Steve loved me. It was, uh, yeah, Steve was cool. He, I was knocked out for about forty-five. Steve threw the ball, and I hit the goalpost in midair. Damn, bro! At full speed. God, and damn. was knocked out for about forty-five seconds. At that point, that's when I said, "You know what? Comedy sounding pre- pretty good right now." <laughs> I think that comedy thing is a little bit easier. So yeah, were you already doing comedy? No, I haven't. I wasn't doing any comedy. Thinking about it. No, you know how I got into comedy? This is crazy. I was acting. I was the worst actor, dude. <laughs> I was the worst actor. I was I would like look at the camera and get start shaking like this. Be like, be like <laughs> you know. And I think it was a control issue. So I would just shake. So I said, Well, what's the best way to get rid of the shakes? And I said, Well, why don't I do stand up? And that's how I started doing stand up. Yeah. Now I shake and do stand up. <laughs> yeah, now I'm doing the same thing, but on yeah. Made it part of my act. But yeah, that's how I started doing, man. And then I started doing Regency West and uh, the little open mics that we did. And, you know, the black rooms were interesting because, you know, stuff I could do in the white rooms, you couldn't do in, in the black room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the townhouse. Remember the townhouse? Yeah, Maverick Flats. Maverick Flats. That's the one we were trying to think of earlier. But townhouse was the worst one. Townhouse, I saw a guy do a joke about some Muslims. And, you know, they had the nation doing security there. Yeah. And they would they be like, uh, brother, can we talk to you outside for a second? <laughs> and they whipped his ass. Shut up, dog. Is this the, this the guy? I think Johnny Sanchez might have been there. Who, Johnny? Told me, Johnny Sanchez. Because he told me that somebody told me that there used to be a guy that was doing a Muslim joke for a while. Mm-hmm. He has a joke that said this, man. He goes, man, that he used to be a Muslim. And right. he was selling bean pies around the corner. And he, and he, but uh, but um but he, he was still eating pork on the side. <laughs> and then one day, man, the fur cut showed up. Man, I'm about to shake his hand. My chicken wing fell off, but luckily my white wife picked it up. Ooh. I think it was that guy. Oh yeah, that yeah. was deep, man. He said yeah. in front of the nation. Yeah, you can't tell. You can't talk about Farrakhan. <laughs> it was hard back then, oh, no. huh? I met Farrakhan, and let me tell you, Farrakhan. I, I walked. I was, it was at Stevie Wonder's house of toys. How was I, it? It was, dude, I was walking. You just feel his presence. And so I had to walk over there because I'm like, dude, this dude's looking at me. I'm there, you know. Can I talk to you? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I said, I said, hi, uh, Mr. Farrakhan, I don't know if to say hi, assalamu alaikum. And he looked at me and goes, mm, my brother, assalamu alaikum is just fine. I'm like, okay. And so I talked to him for like five minutes. I'm like, okay, I'm going so I don't probably get my ass whipped. He goes, don't worry about it, my brother. I'm like, okay. Oh <laughs> What'd that brother say, dog? Who, Farrakhan? Yeah. He'd just be like, mm, and what are you doing here? 
I'm like, well, I'm, I'm here just to, you know, hang out with Steve. Because my girl at the time was singing backup for Steve. And he's, mm, that's nice, my brother. We'll have a good time. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing sunglasses and shit? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I ain't saying nothing. They're at the comedy store when they have Fat Tuesday and his son will show up with a motorcade. <sighs> oh, dude. Fat. Let me tell you, that was the worst time. I used, I used to work the door. Yeah, man. Tell these people, bro. They don't understand how crazy comedy was back Dude, then before even, YouTube. No. Remember Sunday night was Black Night. Yeah. Now, Black Night. First, On Laugh Factory, right? No, no. At the comedy store. Originally? Originally. And from 8 to 10, it was White Night. But from 10 on, it was black people. So this is what would happen. If it was over, kind of open mic early. Oh, that's when somebody got shot, right? Those right. Grips. Yeah. Right. So what would happen is you'd want to, so you'd come in and you'd be like, okay, I'm going up at 8, 10. You're like, all right, cool. I get there while the white people are here. And then then TK Carter would come in and go, I want to do time. So Jeff, you're bounced. And then Mooney will come in, you're bounced. And then uh Chappelle will come in, you're bounced. Now it's like 1030. You're like, oh shit. No. <laughs> and it wasn't, I'm gonna be real with you. It wasn't black people, it was niggas. <laughs> Let's be real. It wasn't no black people. It was rough, man. It was rough. Before- it was before the, before they were like this was before they had a, a dress code like yeah this was before gangsters could get away with jerseys and yeah. handle tents yeah and flannels blue before flannels before rules and shit before rules before they started saying you know what no more d- dockers huh. <laughs> I mean you I saw a guy get heckled by Tupac yes Tupac ran up Tupac to the stage Tupac used to show up and heckle yeah. are you serious he ran up to the stage and said get off the stage you're not funny and the guy looked at him and said but Tupac I got all your CDs, y'all. I don't give a fuck. You ain't funny. Get the fuck off the stage. Shut the fuck up, dog. Like a black. It got out of t- control, it man. It was out of Were control. Were you there when Martin Damn. Lawrence Bouncer beat up Brian Hoseman? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me <laughs> what happened, bro. I don't know. I just saw it. <laughs> I just, he was on stage talking trash. He was talking mad trash. He was talking trash, and the dude didn't like it. And he, and you know, Brian ain't going back down. He ain't going back and down. And Brian, I think Brian even said, well, come on and do something. <laughs> and the guy said, all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, with the bouncers there. Oh no, the worst I saw was remember Dave Operator, the guy that closes the comedy store at oh, open mic. Oh yeah, we're talking about him. Uh, with who? Who, who do we mention him? Jimmy Schubert. Yeah. yeah, remember that guy, Robert Apadaya. Well, this is what Robert's on stage. Do you, this do you. is Black Night, right? This is the night where they heckle you before you get to the stage if they don't like what you're wearing. Oh yeah, man. Okay, I mean it was brutal. You could tell one joke. Like my first night there, I told a joke. I said, "My mom's wife, they she likes black guys and do yells out." Nigga, get off stage. You're not even black. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I, I said, "I said, good night." <laughs> I mean, that's how brutal it was. So Robert's going. And fella, you're like walking. And everybody had BB guns. It was a carnival. Yeah, it was like the Uzi heckling. It was. <laughs> you didn't know who to get. Tight. So Robert's the last comic of the evening, and Robert gets on stage, and you know his act like I met her on a Monday, and her name was Sue. A do run run, and this big, old, <laughs> this, this big old brother, this big old brother, he says, does that shows like this. He goes, I, you know, I, I met her on the run, and a do run run run. Yeah, this big old brother gets up, and goes, get off the stage, and Robert says, I met her on a Wednesday, and her name was Sue. Oh he wears a bag over his head, yeah. people. So the the guy gets up and says, Rob, he says, get off stage or I'm going to knock you out. Robert keeps going. The dude gets up, hits Robert in the head with a Heineken bottle. Oh, my Robert God. Robert rolls off the stage to the back of the curtains and disappears. I'm like, oh, shit, he's dead. And all of a sudden I hear, 
I met her on a Monday. <laughs> He's a soldier. Bro. I said, he gonna, yeah, he gonna finish. And the brother got mad and threw the chair down and walked out the back door. Oh, shit. <laughs> when hitting a motherfucker with a bottle him, goes wrong, y'all. I see Rubber up a dia, bro. And we, were talking, we, had, we had Jimmy Schubert here, right? The one. And then, and then like Don Barris and everybody was blocking his, his pathway to get off, to get on the stage. But he did walk on top of the chairs and made it on top of the tables and did his act. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's gonna stop him, man. That's no. Tight, not even That's on Black Knight. <laughs> <laughs> the do run, run, run. The do run, run. That's fucking awesome, dude. That's perseverance. <laughs> He's a soldier. Hell he was, yeah. he was my idol after that. Yeah. He was my well, you know Johnny. You sound Johnny. I got great Johnny Sanchez. Yeah, story. what happened? Tell us, man. When Johnny first started, he started as a doorman at the comedy store for only a week <laughs> because we would tell him every day. To reach a knob. We would tell him. <laughs> we say Mitzi wants to sleep with you. Oh, I've heard stories like that, bro. Yeah. Oh, that that really happened. Well, he got scared. Oh yeah. And so we would work the main room, and I and I'd tell Johnny, Johnny, I said Johnny, when people want the booze, send them to me. Cause I'd get like a hundred dollars a booth. Tell the people how they make side money. That's 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 how I used to make that little side money. And so I never told Johnny, right? So I made like four or five hundred dollars a night. About a year ago, Johnny comes up to me, goes, "I got a beef to pick with you, Holmes." I said, "What, man?" He goes, "All that time you was making money, you didn't give me a dime." I said, "Yeah, man, that's the game. That's your fault." <laughs> <laughs> that's the game, bro. That's the game. But he quit being a doorman because he thought Mitzi wanted to take him to Palm Springs because that was her game. She'd take the, a comic to Palm Springs, come out in a little bathing suit. <laughs> I know, it's just a nasty picture right there. I, I, I just picture right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> like Kingpin. Yeah, man. I can't just... <laughs> can see Johnny. Yeah, man, I got to go. <laughs> Do you remember that Puerto Rican comic? They used to sleep with a Japanese comic. Who? The Puerto Rican comic, man. He was just—he's a straight-up Puerto Rican. I think he's from New York. Yeah, he was in it for a little while. Yeah. Back in the day, with crazy Pammy Sue was around. Yeah, he was a nut though. That dude, he said, um, he said that he was approached by Mitzi Shore. Yeah, Mitzi was handling it. <laughs> <laughs> she, so you know, that's why Argus supposedly gets uh. Stay safe. Continu- continuous. Continuous. Yeah, that's his name is his name is on the sheet every day. Every day. Every day. The first mm-hmm. spot, right? Yeah, I heard she tattooed his name on her ass. Argus. Argus. <laughs> I won't argue with that. Just yeah. Argus. Angus, no, Argus. <laughs> no, the comedy store was crazy. Back Eddie, then. Eddie Griffin. When I when I first started doing stand up comedy, that's when I used to go at the I used to go perform at the um, Natural Fudge, right? right? The natural fudge, and then I would hear like people coming in. Man, oh yeah, man, Eddie Griffin just did one hour at the Long Beach Comedy Club. It was that dude. It was that dude that used to have that that impersonation, Rob, Bobby Law. Oh, Bobby Law. Cleo. Bobby oh, Law. Cleon. With the guitar. Cleophis. Oh yeah, that, he was dude. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he was horrible. Hey, but he, he used to hook up those gigs though. No, but he did. He on the basses. <laughs> yeah, oh, they paid, the bro. Bases, they paid. Two hundred dollars here didn't help. It yeah. helped. <laughs> No, even he had to sit through his act. It was worth it. <laughs> Remember, he, Cleo, he used to sit there, man. Oh, man, he's about to do Cleophis. <laughs> he goes, somebody give him a 40. 
He'll put on the teeth, right? The teeth, oh, the wig, the oh. wig, the oh. chain, the the, the pirate oh. hat, the pirate, the pirate patch. Oh, Cleophus. Uh, He's the one that got the Catherine's brother in the Marines, right? You know what? Uh, Bobby Law, he actually, um, when he was, he was a Marine, right? Yeah. He was, an, he was, he was a, a rec- recruiter. Oh, was he really? He recruited one of our friend's brother into um, the uh, Marines. I couldn't do it. That fool said, man, he ruined my fucking life, dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, did he, did he recruit him as Cleophas? <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess as a what? Sergeant Law? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh man, Bobby Law booked me and Gabriel Iglesias to do this gig in um, San Diego, and um, we gambled the whole night because we had another gig with Dante, Italian Dante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there at the um, the Coach House. Okay, we were booking the Coach yeah. House, Santa Barbara. So Gabriel said, "Let's go gamble." We had three hundred dollars each. Let's go gamble. So I came up, man. I made those three hundred dollars into eight hundred. There you go. And then Gabriel didn't want to gamble. Then at the last money, he goes, I want to flip this. I said, you ain't going to flip it. We're going to end up losing, man. Right. It's going to happen twice. So we ended up losing everything. We had only had $100 left between us. Oh, man. And um, he, had, he had that Bobby Law show. <laughs> and he was two and a half hours late to that show. What? So, man, Cleophis did an hour set. No. It was I- a night of Cleophis. Uh- <laughs> a night with amongst his marines friends <sighs> we always knew that motherfucker want to be a woman <laughs> oh man there's some comments you just said you go oh my god <laughs> hey man who like people don't understand these listeners don't understand when we first started off there's comics that do an hour in between sets while they're hosting eddie griffin keith morris keith morris <laughs> and he got morris. one joke keith got one joke the the, the welfare joke what is it, the ETP card now? But he was just, it's money. He'd say he'd lay it down on the, uh, on, he'd gamble, he'd go to Vegas. He'd lay it down. Hey, it's money. That's a, that's a big joke. That was his big joke. There's a restaurant in Lincoln Heights, <laughs> and I think Keith Morris did a show there for them, I guess. But they saw some, they saw burgers. What is that prison in Lincoln Heights where they have that chicken with a red sauce? Lucy's or Daniel's? Danny's? Dana's. Dana's. Dana's, Dana's chicken. chicken. If you go inside, there's a photo of, of um, Keith Morris, <laughs> com- a commemorative of him because he did a show for them. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, because he came out on Don't Drink It Juice in the Hood real quick. Yeah. I had a little spot on there. Well, everybody did. <laughs> Were you in any movies? I actually, you know, it's funny. I was just, last year I was in Water and Power. Water and Power? Oh, hell yeah. Dude with Emilio Rivera, right? Yeah. The dude from uh, Culture Clash did it or something. Yeah. Shit. Well, yeah. Rod, what's his name? Called me. The guy that direct. what's his name? Uh... I always forget his name because he gets on my nerves. Our Taurus. Nah. <laughs> Richard the Taurus. Richard was Richard. Because Richard. Richard didn't like it because I did a pocho of our, you know, po, you know pocho. Uh, how did you, how, how did, so by the way, listeners, um, key, um, Jeff Keller and um, had a show every Friday at, at um, 5 o'clock? 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock on KPFK. It's called the Pocho Power of Hour. Hour with, of Power. With yeah. pocho, pocho Hour of Power with Lalo, the cartoonist. Yeah. That does um, the same cartoon all the time. Anyways, a <laughs> <laughs> little roach, a little roach, and um, another guy, right? Uh, yeah, Patrick Perez. And you guys there? How long you been doing that show? God, I've been doing that year about six years now. Hell well, yeah. how long has the show been around? Probably about thirteen. Thirteen? Yeah. How'd you get? How did? How did you get in the? How did you get a radio gig? They saw me doing stand up. Really? They saw me do stand up. He's I, safe. Let's get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's he's, he's okay. 
I, I did it. Remember, what's the what's the guy that the, the, the Australian dude? What's his name? The guy that died, the, the alligator, the crocodile guy, the crocodile hunter, the crocodile hunter. So I did a joke about a, 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 a swim by <laughs> that the guy did a swim by on him. You know, he's in the wrong hood. So it was a whole joke about that. And the guy's like, hey, Jeff, that's funny. Why don't you come on our show? And so I was on the show about three or four times and I had another black guy. So they said, well, this black guy is leaving. We need another half black guy. And so that's plus I went, Vaughan Park, that. I went to Vaughn Park High School, which is probably a Latino high school. So I could relate to all the stuff that was going on. So how do you do an hour radio show? Uh, Fast. You know what? It's it's not easy. So it's funny if we got two, three guests, it's easy. But when they, they try to load up with five, it's it's like McDonald's, in and out, in and out, in and out. And uh, you know, Lalo, you know, Lalo's doing a, a he's writing on a, a border town that yeah, border will be town. out will be out in uh, in January. So they got a time for that. Did you get a voiceover in the show? I wish. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane's like, no, we got enough minorities. <laughs> but no, he he's one of the he wrote the first episode. He co-wrote the first episode. So I was I was a guest on the show. Remember, I I helped you guys raise money. That's right. That's right. How much did you do? Did you? I donated a thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. I said nobody want to match me, and then people did match me. They did match. Donating five thousand. Okay. Yeah. We got cool, money though. though. No, you 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 handled that. I handled it, dog. You handled that. Because for us, we don't usually make a lot of money on those days. <laughs> uh, um, another question: Do you get paid to be on that show? No, we don't. Oh my we, god! We donate. We donate our time, dude. But the cool thing is, we get gigs from it. It's, it's what's the cool thing. You must get a lot of corporate gigs then. We did the uh, we did the Ford Theater. Uh, we opened up with Culture Clash. Had a thousand people sold the place out, and that, that was a good night. That was good. a good night. It's cool, man. Yeah. But it's just cool, you know, with Lalo and all the people we meet. I mean, we've had uh, from the Isley Brothers to Cheech and Chong to Eddie, uh, um, Sandra Bernhardt. I mean. How was Sandra Bernhardt? Sandra loves us. Yeah. Sandra, I tell you what, Sandra tells great stories. And uh, she told me she hadn't talked to Paul. She told me Paul Mooney had found her. Discovered her, right? Yeah. And so uh, she said she hadn't talked to him in 10 years. So I got Paul to call in the last time she was on. Oh yeah, and the listen to those two banter was amazing. I mean, they still funny. Just taking two days subject matter. She's a great actress too. I love her. I think she's awesome. She was, the king of comedy. Huh? She was awesome. Oh. The king of comedy, man. Brilliant. Hell yeah. Brilliant. So that's the cool thing about the show. We get to meet all you know different you know people like that. It's, it's all Dick Gregory, uh, you know, the Drifters, the originals, you know. A lot of hipsters go to promote their stuff, huh? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. A lot of actors, a lot of actresses. A lot of people, a lot of people in that station want free shit too, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cool yeah. thing is, we get free concert tickets. That's the best. You oh know. hell yeah! And you get dog. to meet people like when you're growing up, like like Frida Payne was on, and you know people that you know uh, the originals. You know people when you're like cruising back in the day. You the Delphonics. Yeah, it's it's cool. Art uh, Isley Brothers were cool. Though. I love I love the Isley Brothers. They were on there. Um, you name it, they they've been on there. Most most people, it's been great. That's funny, man. Do you ever like get those guests? They go, man, I remember you doing coke in my house. <laughs> I, I, I try to With get my it. mom. Yeah, yeah. You want to sue for my mom? Didn't she? One kid looked. One dude said, oh, "You like this five year old I used to know." <laughs> <laughs> he does look like a little kid. Like, you like that five year old. Well, it's funny because when I used to have the parties, they, they, I, they, I'd have bodyguards take me out. Like we had a pimp, Papa Charles, that would take me out. And he'd dress me up <clears throat> in pimp stuff, you know, suits. And he'd use me to bait women to come over. You know, like they'd be like, oh, they'd be like, oh, what a cute little kid. And he'd be like, uh, yeah, man. Uh, what's your name, girl? 
<laughs> and then it would be on and cracking. That's he'd use me to, to suck him in. Damn. Mm-hmm. I mean, one time he's like, uh, Jeff, pimps don't cry. Because I was crying as a little kid. <laughs> he's like, pimps don't cry. He said, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to have one of my hoes whip your ass. And I didn't know what that meant because I'm a kid. So I kept crying. And so I kept crying. He looked at me and said, oh, you freaky like that. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> He's like, oh, you like that ass whooping, don't you? I'm like, hey, man. So, yeah, I learned a lot of stuff as a kid uh, that I probably shouldn't have saw. When I was- what was um, life back then, you know, like, like did your father ever tell you when he, when he used to go do jazz at these clubs and hustle? What was it like that for him? What was, what was the scene? For so him. Different from, it's different now, but back then it was like, there was a lot of places to go perform, right? Yeah, I mean, Central Avenue. The Biltmore was, Hotel. A lot of places to perform for jazz, right? Central Avenue. It was Central whole, Avenue, it was right? Whole, yeah, I mean, they had, I mean, everybody. South Central people. Yes, I, hey, that was the spot. That was the hotbed for, for jazz. Quincy Jones. I mean, everybody would come out and, and just, just play. Like I said, Charlie Parker, uh, um, Billy Holiday. You know, they, they'd all come out there and perform. It was like the end spot, and people don't understand that. Uh, my mom never used to hang out at Tommy Tucker's, which was a big uh, club where all the celeb- black celebrities would hang out. And, and the gangsters, like we talked about earlier, they all used to hang out there. So they weren't even in Hollywood at the time? They were right there? Yeah, that was the spot. That's what they like. That's what they like to hang, man. It was it was a whole different. It's, it's kind of like when I when I when I first started hanging out, we could go to a place called Club Paradise, and you'd walk. And Eddie Griff, Eddie Murphy would walk in and walk around the whole dance floor with Fruity, right? Because you didn't need bodyguards back then. And while he's walking around, you'd have the Lakers out there dancing. You'd have Stevie Wonder up in the VIP. You'd have Eddie Murphy coming up in the VIP. You had Prince up in the VIP, and you would just sit down. And I'd be like, "Yo, what's going on, Prince?" And you you would just talk. You know, now you can't, you couldn't do that because everybody's afraid to get sued. So they got, you know, eight, nine bodyguards. You know, it's crazy. Everybody wants a selfie. Everybody wants a <laughs> selfie, man. What the hell is that? They want to get tagged that they were there. Oh, no. It's, I tell you, it's, I've, I've, it's been cool. I mean, I've, I've, I've been at the Atlantis. I've opened, I've done gigs for the NBA Players Association where I've hung out with the players for a whole weekend, which was a whole different experience, man. You hang out with them fools. With who? NBA players. Oh yeah, yeah. They flew me in for uh, the to MC their their uh, meetings, and I did a show for them. And so it's funny because I'm, I'm I'm backstage and I'm thinking, oh, this should be fun. These these black guys, right? And then they had their names on there, like you know, Kobe, uh, you know, Brian Shaw, Alonzo Mourning. And I'm thinking, wait, hold up, these ain't just black people. These are rich black people. So they go come to the stage, Jeff Keller. And I walk out, and this is what I hear. So now I'm like, Paul Moon said, "Come on, hurry up!" Right. So I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, fuck you, motherfuckers. (laughs) I said, I clap for you guys. You miss free throws, and I'm a Clippers fan, so I clap all the time. (laughs) And so they're like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, no, don't be my friends now. And I ripped them for about 20 minutes, and they gave me like a standing O. But that's right. That's what Paul said. It's like you know, the spiritual, and that's that's what it became. So, yeah. But to hang out with those guys, they do some. You can see why they get in trouble. While we were there at the at the at the Atlantis, some high school graduation sent their kids there, and they didn't know it was NBA players there. So you had these girls that just graduated from high school. Not good. Not good. Not good. They had Tyrone Hill. Remember Tyrone Hill? He's about six nine, basketball player with teeth went everywhere. Yeah. You know, just wasn't a good looking dude. Was standing in white speedos with these two 
girls that just graduated from high school going, hey, Jeff, we're going to jacuzzi. What do you want to do? I'm like, I'm taking my ass to my room, man. <laughs> this is a lawsuit waiting to happen, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they were just, it was just, it, they just, uh, they're great guys. I, I, I loved all, Paul, me and Paul Pierce became good friends. Uh, they're just, you know, but I can see why they get in trouble. Did you ever, um, before, remember when, when we used to do comedy at Dublin's? Dublin's? That's, oh. Yeah. People I, don't know, man. Tuesday they, nights. They don't they know. Don't, they don't know the, the, the stuff we had to go through. I know, man. It's it, it funny how it starts off. Like, uh, that became a place to get stage time, too. That couldn't get stage time after a while because everybody was showing up. Oh, no. That, that's what you used to hate. You'd get there early, and then all of a sudden the, the big guys would come. No, Dave Chappelle's going there now. What is, what, what is he doing yeah. here? And Dave Cook is here. What? I mean, we would Dave go. Cook is here. Norm McDonald's here. What are they doing here? Is there a comedy <laughs> store, a laugh factory, <laughs> and an improv somewhere yeah. where these guys should be going? Yeah. Nah, they want to be in the mix with all these ladies. Yeah. Yeah, dog. You know, that's what they went for because there was a lot of ladies there. It was like, hella, a lot of ladies. I went there for the art. I went to just to do a, two jokes, and I was going to go home right after. <laughs> oh, no. And then the yeah. lawsuit happened. No, you're right. That's. And all of a sudden, you're, you're performing on stage. Wait a minute. I'm getting heckled by DMX. What the fuck he's doing in here? <laughs> what the fuck is DMX doing a comedy show in Dublin on a Tuesday? Uh, hey, hey Dr. Dre, all those guys, were just they would just heckle, man. You're like, wait, what? What? Dre? Tupac? In the hotel, they didn't have no back, no, no, um, no license for performances at the Dublin. That's so they, right. They had to shut, they shut them shut down. It down. They couldn't even do karaoke. And they would do karaoke. Man, that karaoke Monday was top, was packed. Huh? Oh, and they would, and they would, and they would perform. They, there was no, you couldn't come in light. <laughs> it's Hollywood. Oh yeah, you People had to bring it. You talk <laughs> about what, Hollywood. You know, you know those places where they say, man, nobody here, nobody here's gonna get a record deal. Right, but you thought they were. Yeah. They would dress to it. I mean, if they were going to dress, they were going, I mean, they, they would long, long, I mean, they would just go on riffs. They'd be like, F the song. I'm just riffing my own shit. <laughs> Steve, Big Steve used to work there. Remember at Dublin's? Yeah. Now he's at, um, he's at the Laugh Factory now. Oh, is he? I said, remember, I Laugh Factory, I remember he had to stand in line all day, all day for three minutes. Is Harvey still there? Harvey, yeah. On Tuesday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, doing the open mic. If you go over, he rings that bell, but I don't, I don't think he has a bell no more. <laughs> See, me and Jamie got beef. We, what happened? We man? had beef. The problem, Bob. Oh, man. I, I, I did. I, 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 you trying to manage you? Yeah, I think that's what happened. <laughs> I, I, I did his little thing, and then I walked. You know, he talks to you afterwards. So yeah. He, talk, he goes, he goes, he says. But did they have his shoes off or on? I don't remember my friend. So he's like, my friend, Jeffrey, you know, just come back again. I think I like you. I just a little nervous. You know, that was, you, you was good. You got this. Come back again. I'm like, eh, I don't know. So then the next comic comes up. I swear he said this. I can't make this up. Black comic. He says, hey, my friend, look at you. Funny, but you don't know how to say nigger right. You got to say nigger. <laughs> and I, and I'm like, Damn. he did not just tell the black comic. He did not say nigger right. You got to say nigger. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I'll be back for a while. <laughs> and then about about six months later, that stuff happened, you know, with what's his name that snapped Kramer? on Kramer? Kramer snatched on stage. And the was like, no, no, couldn't you say nigga? <laughs> I'm like, wait, just six months ago, you just told this guy he didn't say nigga right. <laughs> it only takes one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Jamie, man. Oh, man. So getting back to that crazy night at Monday nights, the Black Night. Oh yeah, there was a shooting there, right? 
Yeah, the guy slipped. Slipped. And shot into the wall. <laughs> oh, so he, didn't, he, was, he wasn't shooting anybody. He missed him. Oh. He walked up to him, put the gun to his head, and went to pull the trigger and slipped. And the, the bullet slips. went in the wall. And yeah, man, that was that So was it was crazy. inside the store, right? No, it was outside oh, the outside, store. Okay. It was outside. The beef started inside. Well, you know, Eddie Griffin used to have his night, and the big old beef started in there because, what's the name, played No Vaseline with uh, Dre in the audience. And Dre got mad and sent his people up and started jacking up the DJ, and everybody started running out the, the side door. And, uh, yeah, that's when it all went down. And uh, Mitzi lost her liquor license for a while because a, a girl who got beat up was underage. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's the comedy store. There's another shooting now, recently. Yeah, I saw what one dude got. Were you there? No, nah, I, I was going to go that night. I'm glad I wasn't there, but, yeah. It's like, People, I don't understand. How do you go to a comedy store, start heckling? The comedy, comedian heckles back and rips you a new one, and now you mad, so you want to shoot him. I know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get that concept. Feelings. Got your feelings hurt. <laughs> well, you know that's the new. That's a new kid now. That's a spoiled brat now. You know, feeling um, emotional. He didn't get a hug as a child. He's empty. He's empty. <laughs> no, that's crazy. I mean, the comedy store, the you know, Black Knight was. I remember I went on stage one time. And these two girls were talking, and they looked at me, and they're like, so what sitcom are you on? I'm like, well, I'm not on a sitcom. And she looked at her girls, so Shay Shay, what are we doing after this? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what the hell? Damn. <laughs> what the hell? Because everybody was on there had a sitcom. And, and every, a lot of everybody, they were trying to hang out and party after oh, with somebody. Yeah. Or, and women there were trying to make, get famous. Yep. Or trying, to, or trying to hook up with somebody and rob them. Yeah. Because a lot of women, man, were like, like I, when I did, like my wife, she used to work chocolate Sundays at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, and I would go there for the, I would do all the, I would do both shows, but the eight o'clock show, I would I would do my eight o'clock show, fifteen minutes, and the crowd was all right. The crowd was like okay, but then the ten o'clock show, man, people showed up like they were going to the club. There's dressed, dressed, a line of beautiful black women there, everybody. People out there, I'm um, trying to get upstairs to trap people. Mm-hmm. And Chris Person had to set it up that um, no comments could hang out in the front, you know, because everybody's trying to pick up in the bathroom all the time. Yeah. It's all for me. It's all for me. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was like everybody was trying to get paid. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll I tell you what, women, because they knew that basketball players were going to show up. They knew actors were going to show up. They knew people with money was going to show up. And so, you know, they came there ready. And he was Scruncho going to show up. Scruncho. <laughs> you why know does, him? Why does he even have a mic? <laughs> <laughs> and his whole act is about being in jail. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I'm surprised Ben Carson ain't called Scruncho in to write for him. <laughs> I thought he was going to do brain surgery on the brother. I, 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 um, I wrote a play with Scruncho because he was whooping it up for, um, for Mike Epps, I think. Uh-huh. And um, he sold all his CDs, of course, and those DVDs. And he was sitting right in. He was sitting in the middle seat next to me, and all his, all his, um, his wad of money from the DVD was all in one ball. Uh huh. But unstowed though. Yeah. Because every time he moved, a twenty came out of his pocket. <laughs> so no, it was not even. But he had a lot of money. Remember like oh, six thousand yeah. dollars in cash. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw Scrunch. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> but they love him. Yes, they they love one him. of a kind. They love I him. saw him one time. <laughs> And like it was, it was like three people, he was performing like it was for a thousand people. Uh huh. 
No, Scratch will. He Come gives on, it all. Give it up. He gives it. He gives crowd. it all. Give it up, small crowd. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me put on these skates. <laughs> don't make me put on these skates. I'm like, you just don't get to the mic. Just, just stay away from the mic. I remember one time I'm like, what is this brother doing? And he put a dude. I just collapsed in laughter. And before that, he was like, don't y'all. Don't you all ever hit a woman oh, with his shirt off all cut up and uh-huh. shit, big ass fucking pants. But if he always is this your little sister, your cousin, beat the fuck out that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody died, dog. Well, who who's what? Him or who or Joe Tory? Oh, it was him. No, I'm just saying him or Joe Tory because they both kind of oh, the same height too. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah, they both ripped. Yeah, Joe, I seen Joe rip. Now you talk about some that rip a crowd. And rip into you. Joe Torrey, man, that dude, he would. Tell he used you to host more. Fat Tuesday, right? Yeah, he used to host a lot of stuff. Now, he, back in the day, he oh, would host okay. it. He was running stuff. I mean, I remember I was at the, the bathroom Tory one brother. time after he done ripped some people, and these two gangsters are like, yo, he don't know. We Crips. We're going to catch him in the parking lot. Thought he was talking shit to us. We got him. I'm like, damn, comedy is rough. Damn, man. People can take it personal back then. Hell they sure yeah. did. That shit personal now, dog. They sure do. <laughs> But see, back then, though, you you did comedy. You know what's the great thing about back then was because they heckled you, you had to make a decision you want to do comedy or not. Yeah. You know, now you got everybody and their little sister, their mom and their grandmother up there because, you know, they can get five minutes and ain't nobody going to say nothing to them. So now now another comedian could just wave at the security guard. Yeah, kick that motherfucker out. (laughs) (laughs) I know know comedians, man, that tell the feature act to tell him who, who was getting loud during the show. So the head, so the headliner can go up while those people are getting kicked out. What? Yeah, man. This guy told me, yeah, man. When I was working with that comedian, after I got off the stage, he told me who was loud. And there was like these three girls and this guy in the back that was kind of loud, but they weren't heckling. He had those fools kicked the fuck out of the show. Wow. Because he was a quiet show. Intimate. It was a quiet show. <laughs> yeah, because comedy's supposed to be quiet. Comedy's supposed to be about like a theater now. Oh my god! I do opera. I do opera. I don't even want to hear you, motherfuckers, eating popcorn. People don't even have punchlines no more. No, they just scream. <laughs> just scream. Oh, <laughs> well, Sam, come on now, Sam was. Ah! Sam was brilliant. That, huh? Sam was brilliant. Did you listen to his jokes? Brilliant. You ever get to see him perform live? A couple of times, I see him in the because he used to close the main room. You know, before Eddie started doing his six hours. I see him do four hours. Who Eddie Griffin? Yeah. I seen the manager throw him the keys and say, lock up when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long. You know, Eddie didn't care back then. He, he'd do four or five. He told me one time that he used to sleep at the parking lot at um at uh, Wells Fargo. They used to park his car and sleep in there. Eddie Griffin? Before he had a place to stay. I believe that. Or he was stay, he'll sneak in. He'll hide and stay inside a comedy store where they closed it. Eddie Griffin is the only comic I know that when he, if he, like, Got a guest spot. All the comics after him just left because they knew they weren't getting on stage. They knew he's just going to close the show out. And it kind of sucked, actually. He would just go on, huh? Why, yeah. you think? Um, You know, ego. What is it for all comics? Ego. You know, we're all about ego. I mean, whether we want to say it or not, we want them to laugh because of our ego. Yeah. And if they don't laugh, our ego gets hurt, so we're going to try it's like uh, my man that we talked about earlier, uh, cussing people out, uh, saying, Nick, what's his name? A Kramer. Kramer. I saw him do Black Knight in the main room, and they was booing him. 
and they gave him the, the, the light, he kept going. They killed his mic. He kept going. They had to turn the lights out and drop the curtains and yank him off stage or there was going to be a riot in the main room that night. Damn. That's the ego of a comedian. He has to get a laugh regardless. 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 So what's up, man? You see a lot of, I forgot what I'm going to say right here, man. I'm going to mention somebody, but I forgot his name, man. Some, some old comic, too, from over there, man. Me Lucky Charms. Who was that? Lucky Lucky Charms. He used to rap and shit, black comic. Me Lucky Charms. Who was the comic to get on a roll and then he starts? Samuel. 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 He'd get on a roll. He'd go, don't make me get on a roll. Don't make me get on a roll. And the crowd would be like, get on a roll. And he'd start rolling on the crowd. <laughs> and the crowd would go crazy. And he'd jump up. No lie. He would jump up and go, I'm going to get on a roll. And the crowd would like, get on a roll. <laughs> he'd jump on the crowd. But he'll start killing for a day. He'll get on a roll. And it would kill. The crowd would go He did crazy. on BET. Are you he serious? Yeah. Did you audition for BET Comics View? I did three years of BET Comics View. I did the first season. And I did the paid last season. Eight hundred. I did it only in California because so they paid three hundred. No, no, in California they pay uh, after wages, so they pay you twelve. But uh, you know, of course, you'd have to wait till it aired. So it'd be like six, so seven months. You you did the taping over at that casino then. I did. I did three. What did I do? One in the casino. I did with, with one was DL was was the host. The other one was with Ricky Smiley, and then the, the other one was J. Anthony Brown. I forgot who I did it with, man. It was probably Gary Owens and that lady that cooks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And J. Anthony Brown. Yeah. But was, I got paid. It was good. No, they paid you well. I mean, if you did in California. Now, yeah. if you flew out somewhere else, they were only paying like two or 300 You made no money. You made no money. I think the first, and I only been doing comedy six months when I did the first uh, comedy. D.L. blew up right after that show, yeah, he huh? Did. Yeah, he did. But D.L. was very funny. D.L., uh, I heard it was funny in the parking lot, like making fun of fools. Oh, let me tell you something. Juan Dexter told me. Juan Dexter. Look at this fool just blurred names from the past. <laughs> I know what the fuck is. Look at him. <laughs> let me tell you. Remember when they had the riots? Was at 90, what, 2, 93? So wait, Juan Dexter showed me a girl's picture from the road, man, in Polaroids. <laughs> That's how old he is. <laughs> and he kept, he's still blowing on him, huh? Yeah, man, it's my it's Juan Dexter. It's my impersonation of, of OG Simpson's forehead. One <laughs> <laughs> Dexter did a joke about how you pronounced kids' names because he was a teacher. Remember that joke you yeah. used to do? It was a horrible joke. I mean, I just and then we pulled my, out that little. Yeah, my first joke was um when he we, we used to pull out the ebonics. Was, that's did, your first joke? No, no, his joke used his to joke? have his joke used to have ebonic cards, and you go like this, Cutler. <laughs> Yo, man, I'm going to your store, man. Can I borrow Cutler dollars? He's stupid, man. Those guys back were characters, though. They were fun. Yeah. What was the ball-headed brother's name? Oh. Uh, there was Kevin Garnier, and then he used to hang out with a ball-headed brother. And I can't think of his name. But no, back then, it was just fun. The- Moon Jones. Moon. See? Moon. Moon I Jones. I would know. Moon. Moon Jones, was- bro. Yeah, that's right. Moon. We used to love those guys. He used man. to have a phone about, uh, he used to have a bit about watching TV from across the street from someone else's house. <laughs> <laughs> And then my dad would be calling up to her, man, y'all better put the TV louder. 
He said, Dad will get on the phone and call up the neighbor and tell them to put the TV louder because they can't hear shit. <laughs> yeah. And tell that motherfucker to sit the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. Funny, he said, open up his curtains and watch the TV next door. That's he didn't want to buy a TV. Uh huh. That's Moon the com- Jones. The Comedy Act Theater. That's comedy the, Act. That comedy that's act. where I performed. That's where you used to be at. Yes. And you'd want to be on the first show because that's where like we would go. And yeah. if they liked you, they let you do the second show. And Dia was the host. So they said, okay, Jeff, you get to do the whole weekend. So I'm excited about doing a whole weekend. So DL sets me up. <laughs> DL, before I come on stage, he goes, he says, all right, come to stage, Jeff Keller. But before we bring him up, there are towing cars in the parking lot. So if you're parked out there, go move your car. All right, Jeff Keller, come on stage. <laughs> and all these people are getting up, going to check on their cars. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks, DL. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for that, man. I was invited there by another comic that I met. Um, I forgot where I met him. Um, it was that comic, bro, that used to hang around with the devil sometimes. He used to have a show in Long, in, um, in um, Santa Barbara, too. And then he used to sometimes get, play play dice and lose all the money. <laughs> um, he's the one told me to go there. And I went there, and I was scared, man, because the most black people I've ever seen in my life, perf- perf- I never performed. Right. And it was a Wednesday, and it was packed, yeah. man. It, yeah. was, it was the first show. And I went at this first thing that came out of my mouth. I ain't going to lie. Man, I'm a scared motherfucker here. Ah, <laughs> they died. Yeah, you know. Then the next three jokes bombed, and I did my five minutes, and I got a little alive. And then somebody told me you need to talk to Willie Barcena. <laughs> <laughs> now there's people that got like you would get booed out of there, man. But I was happy that I did well, and I I went back another time, and then it's, that's when I got BT from that club. Yeah, because like I guess, tell you, man, if you go somewhere. When you're going to be the only person there of not that color, you yep. stand out. Yeah. So I went over there, and the guy told me, the owner, light-skinned guy. Uh, Michael, uh, what's Mike's last name? Michael Jones. No. <laughs> <laughs> My, Michael used to try to get me yeah. to do improv. Like, he would have, yeah. Bob, he would have Bobby Law. He had, I swear to God, he had, on stage, he had Bobby Law, this other person, this other person, and one Dexter probably. And then you know, Dr. Lou. Dr. Lou and Moon Jones. You know, he'll give him a uh, he'll give him a subject and this will do improv for him. Yeah. To get him to get him to go practice. <laughs> no, Michael was a fool. He'd have all the comics meet before the show and he'd be like, Don't talk about the white people because if they're not audience, they're producers or managers, we gotta have them there. And DL never like, <laughs> So so DL's like, Okay, no problem, right? And so as soon as the show would open, DL would go out to look at the crowd and goes, How are you white motherfuckers doing? <laughs> I'm like, God. After Michael told you don't talk about him, and he did would talk about him for twenty minutes. And Michael was cool, man. Michael, he always wanted credit, though. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell everybody where you started at. Yeah. Well, the comedy act. I tell you what, they're trying to do a whole. They're trying to do the history of the comedy act theater because you know everybody. Forty third and Crenshaw. Yeah, everybody in Degman. Yeah, everybody was came out of there. But that place across the street did sell the best barbecue, though. You just couldn't eat inside. You just couldn't eat it inside. That's a sad thing, man. I wonder. Everybody, go, everybody who didn't live in a neighborhood would, would say, how can you do our tables or something? <laughs> <laughs> they're Just like, close their curtain. They're like, we're a fly you by You pay night. here and you pick up the table. It was a table to pay. Uh, it was a window to pay in order and a window to take your food in order. Take your food out. Yeah. And it will all come out rolled up in aluminum foil with ketchup and rooster hot sauce on the side. Rooster hot, yeah. We used to go there too. Eric Edwards used to go there. Eric Edwards, the chubby white boy, right? Yeah, that's the guy that we were talking about. Remember, remember, um, we we we, uh, we mentioned the show up previously. Mentioned the show about somebody 
auditioning for Def Jam, and he and broke his leg playing basketball, uh-huh. and he lost his spot. That was Eric Edwards. Eric Edwards, really? Yeah. Because they love because he would dance. You know, yeah. black people love to see fat white people dance. <laughs> oh, we love that. They like the hee haw comedy. Yeah, we love that. <laughs> so Eric Edwards, dude, he was a chubby ass fool. He lost a lot of weight though, but this fool used to stand by the wall, and then um, he used to fucking get, get wet his wet his wet um his palm, and then fix his hair up, bro, like James Dean. Yeah, and then he'll like he'll, he'll put up his jacket like this and be like this, and black people will die, bro. Love Shut it. Because he's standing on the wall, he's standing on the wall going like this. Mm-hmm. James Dean. And don't forget Rebel, the cigarette. The cigarette. Yeah, we like this. Yeah. James Dean. Rebel was on a waistline. Uh huh. And Shut motherfucker will fall out. They loved it. They Shut loved up, it. Bro. That was stupid ass joke. But think about it's a black crowd. Fucking fucking chubby ass white boy goes uh-huh. up there being jovial and comical. Yeah. Running up on stage with his overalls, yeah. and then all of a sudden he puts up like a Letterman jacket mm-hmm. and gets the cigarette, bro, and do his face exactly like James Dean. Yeah, and then he talk about death certificate. <laughs> he talk about IQ's death certificate, and, and black That's folks loved him for that. What would he say about that shit? Oh, he had a whole rap about the death certificate and Ice Cube. He did, and the black, you know, it was amazing because Eric was working. He was, he was like Derek, Bill Cole, yes, yeah, a Bill problem Cole. child. Oh, really? He Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. And then he lost his weight and nothing. That was his career. Is it that one guy that showed up at Tortillas one time? He was in PCU. You know? No, I don't know about that guy. Oh, okay, but no, Eric back then he was working. Rebel without a waistline. Rebel That's without funny, a waistline. Dog. Whatever, Daryl Heath. Daryl Heath, my man, and, and, and his boy he used to run with Alex, Alex Thomas. Thomas. Alex Thomas. Alex just had a baby. They're from LA, huh? Yeah. So when I went to the the comedy act, you know who was hosting? Alex Thomas. Alex Johnson. Oh, AJ. AJ Johnson. Yeah. From Inglewood. He used to be a boxer, I heard. Well, you know what he used to do before he started doing comedy? He would sit in the front row and heck all the comedians. And once he saw that he could win, he said, I think I'm going to try this (laughs) stand-up. That's how he started. That is funny as fuck. Yeah, that's how he started. That's true. He got into a fight with Martin Lawrence. Oh, with Martin? Probably. I don't know. I wasn't there, but probably because AJ would talk trash. That's all he used to do. He would just sit. It'd be like three people in the audience, right? When you first start, like at, at six o'clock show, seven o'clock show, he'd heckle everyone to see if they could make it off the, uh, if they can make it or not. And if you survived AJ, then you thought you had a good set. And if he got you, well, you're like, okay, there's only three people, didn't nobody see you anyways. Sound like the heckler we know, bro. <laughs> the heckler, his cousin. That was funny, man. How we're, we're we're talking about it in the beginning of the show about um the natural fudge. How you had, you had to you had to um pay. We spent three dollars there of food to perform. To perform, yeah. And um, I would use that time of fast, you know. But Brian Holtzman, he used to do waste those five minutes talking shit about the owner, calling her a whore. You fucking suck dick in the back, Brenda. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you, Johnny Roberts. Don't give me the fucking light. I'm trying to get away from her like this, bro. <laughs> yeah, he did. It talking mad shit. Yeah. And then he'll kill, bro. Just talking shit about the yeah. owner and never did his material. No. That's what he would do at the at Black Knight. When he would do the Black Knight, he would do the same thing. Just talk about black people for like 10 minutes, five minutes. And they loved him. He'll say like evil shit too, bro. Mm-hmm. Stuff that you'll, you'll think, um, yeah, this guy's going to get beat up. Yeah. And he didn't say like nice. I mean, his eyes would be bulging out of his head and he would be yelling and spit be coming out. I mean, he was like, you know, into it. And you'd be like, oh, he's, he's going to snap. <laughs> that's why black people loved him. Like, oh, we like this white guy. <laughs> he's going to snap, bro. Yeah. 
and he oh, he's always dressed like a, like a blue collar. You talk about blue collar comedians. He dude. looked like a blue collar yeah. guy. He looked like a, somebody's father about to go to work. Yeah, Dickies, that Dicky jacket, those boots. Yeah, I think he had a lunchbox, bro, with a microphone in it. I think he worked for like the airline or something. Air, he's he does, airline mechanic or something. Yeah, because yeah. he always had that little union pin right here. No. Yo, we're trying to get him on the show. Well, that'd be great because Holzman. Let me tell you something. But you're gonna have to get a little more room. You know, sound man's gonna have to be a little more. You know, on it with Holzman because he gets Brian. Just I love Brian because that's how we all started with. Man, you ever get your shit stolen on a show, man? Not jokes, but like <laughs> <laughs> we know that because everybody's got jokes. Your possessions about uh, your possessions, man. Your backpack. Nah, everything I bring, I keep. Remember, I was raised with a with a with a booster. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep everything in my pockets, man. So man, we, we did a show in Bronzeville, Texas last week. We we're in Bronzeville and McAllen, Texas. And man, I, I I was performing on stage. You know, normally when you you, you work theaters before, right? Yeah. You seen guards at theaters, yeah. right? You you pretty much will leave your backpack in a green room. You're safe, right? Right. Well, what I thought, I left my iPad behind. Oh man, I, it was a new iPad I just bought. You know, I figured I'll treat myself for one present this year. Right. So I have a, <laughs> I bought an iPad because I've, I've had the old iPad from 2010. I, my agent bought it for me for winning last comic standing. Okay. He bought it with his 10% that I gave him. <laughs> 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 and hey, that makes sense now. He bought me an iPad with the 10% I gave him. Well, so, yeah, he thought he was going to get tour money. So, um, <laughs> thought. So this new wipe and I bought a pair, a, a pair of nice tennis shoes, right? Right. I like the suede, you know, suede, Nike, blue, those green with a gray stripe, you know, nice. So I, I I leave the shoes behind because I'm fat, you know. So I wear these shoes, you know, my my shoe my shoes get puffy, so my feet swell up. So I like to wear get comfortable, right? Ever since I've, I saw Mr. Rogers come home from work and put on his tennis <laughs> shoes, I said, yeah, man, he knows how to get comfortable. I used to think that was some bullshit. <laughs> and um, they stole our shit. They did? I was up on stage and I came back and I said, and I noticed my shoes were gone and they stole my iPad and the featured comic, Keith Manning, get off the field. This guy drove from Dallas to McAllen like, Four hours, that six like hours, seven. seven hours. Wow. They stole his car keys, his <laughs> backpack with all his joke notes for the last five years. Wow. And his uh, wallet. Wow. This guy's going to put, yeah, everything, man. Great jack move, dude. Dude, I don't trust nobody. When somebody says, just leave your stuff here, I'm like, okay, I'm taking it. Because I know why he wants me to leave it there. We were only 30 yards away from the Mexican border. Wow. So I'm pretty sure someone picked up my iPad. <laughs> and um, my shoes and his stuff, put it in his backpack and threw it over the border. Wow! And crossed over and got it. No, so it's, 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 that's that's crazy, man. Welcome to Brownsville. That's why it's called Brownsville. Brownsville, <laughs> man. They, they celebrate Black Friday serious over there. <laughs> <laughs> you smoked blunts with and got nice with. Yeah, that, was that on a Friday too? Yeah, hell yeah, dog. <laughs> See, Black Friday to men means act like black people. Yeah, man. It was. It was a good show, man. It was dusty over there, but we got there. <laughs> we didn't really have time. It was one of those gigs where you didn't have time to do shit. Right. It was, it was one of the People say, oh, man, you got to travel a lot. But no, man, it's work. It's all business, man. We went straight from the airport right. to the hotel to get ready to go to radio with our show 
our show clothes. Yeah. So we had one hour to get ready. We got out, we got our clothes, went straight to radio, did one hour of radio from radio, went to go eat at a Pollo Loco. Yeah. From Pollo Loco, went to the gig, got robbed from there, <laughs> drove back to McAllen an hour and a half to the, we drove from the, we drove an hour and a half to the show. So then we drove an hour and a half back to the show, got up at 10, went to go do radio again for two hours, and then another radio for one hour. Hell yeah. So in between, we have four-hour break. And you lost money. We lost money, bro. Lost money. Got jacked. Man. So it wasn't Black Friday for you guys. But then we went. We had a lay, layover in Vegas. Guess oh. I won $100, man. <laughs> Coming up. You didn't Coming try to up. parlay that? <laughs> <laughs> we were yeah, lose that <laughs> you know what? Everything that, has to, that, could, that could go wrong went wrong, but we, we didn't re I didn't really like react to it, like get pissed off like I normally would have or... <laughs> made matters worse, like yelling at the security guard. Because I had gave the security guard a DVD. What? After the show. Because he was for he, not doing his job? He was there watching, you know. Then he wanted a photo here, man. You've been standing here watching me the whole time. Here's the DVD. Go back, everything's gone. Then the promoter's pissed off. Horrible. He's pissed off. The promoter is pissed. Why is he mad? <laughs> because um, Happened he, he has to pay for that iPad now. Because <laughs> 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 you know, they pay for the security guard, they pay for the, the theater. Right. So, man, he looked at the fucking security guard. He goes, man, I was going to fucking snatch that DVD off his hand. He goes, you think you deserve that fucking DVD, asshole? Yeah, he's, he's like, nah. Those fools he's like, nah, now. I don't deserve it because I got an iPad waiting for me at the house. <laughs> so you, you celebrate Thanksgiving this year at the Laugh Factory or what you do with that? Uh, my sister flew in. Oh, I just yeah. had my sister, so she flew in. and uh, Yeah, we had a little something, something. She She can cook. I love, I love my sister. We had to a Furky. <laughs> We're vegans. We had to a Furky. It was good. And um, I didn't volunteer at the Laugh Factory this year, bro. Chilled out? I chilled out, man. I had to leave at 5 in the morning the next day. 5 in the morning? Yeah, man. See, I so. hate stuff like that. You know, sometimes you travel. I remember, <laughs> I remember one year I went, from, I went from L.A. to Alaska, did a week in Alaska, came back to L.A., did, did New York, then from New York, I had to fly to Barbados. It was Barbados. <laughs> How'd you know? Because I, I don't know why, but I, I know there's gigs there now. Yeah, Barbados is saw, beautiful. And I saw Ada Rodriguez. Uh-huh. Ada Rodriguez, the com female comic from Last Comic Standing, runner-up. And um, she, finalist. She, dude, she, she was getting, she got pulled over, man, by the TSA. They were opening all her lotions. But I just saw, she was just standing there. And I, I, I yelled out, what's up, fool? <laughs> At a bad time to say, what's up, fool? <laughs> she, she was going to Barbados to do stand-up. Yeah. <clears throat> Barbados is beautiful. You know, they drive on the other side of the road. That's, that, that's fucking crazy, man. That's a lot it's of travel. beautiful. Yeah. And so when I got back home, I didn't even know what day it was. I was supposed to fly up to San Jose, and I just canceled it. I'm like, dude, I'm good. I can't, I can't fly. Bro. That happens a lot, how you forget, <laughs> your, you forget what day it is. Hell yeah, dog. The world don't stop spinning. Oh huh? man! We have Time a couple zone. of we have a couple of shout outs for our listeners here. There from you go, yeah, man. Manolo Laguna listens every week from Minneapolis, Minnesota. What's up over there, bro? What's up, Hipsteropolis. Give some Richard Pryor, bro. Oh, <laughs> oh, Minnesota! God damn, there ain't nothing in Minnesota. Shit. <laughs> Alvic Malish listening in San Antonio each week. 
He might help us get Brown Sabbath on the show. All right, we'll get Brown Sabbath. All four, we hit up um, Chicano Batman. They might be on the I show. I love Chicano yeah. Batman. They've been on our oh, show yeah? a couple times. We're going to get one on the show, too. Yeah, they're you awesome. You love them? We had like Cafeteras last week. Yeah, we've had, yeah. yeah. Any, anything? Yeah, it's on our show. We have Mikula from Blood In, Blood Out. Shut up. Yes. Blood In, Blood Out. Tell Lalo, bro, get him on. I'm going to tell Lalo. That's probably not a cup of tea. He wants the, the official Latinos. <laughs> he likes having Latinos who graduated from from college. Who, Lalo? Yeah. Lalo's hilarious, man. <laughs> he likes, he, he don't like to be, com, com, it's funny, man, he be getting a lot of beef because of his show. All the time. He goes, man, I thought you were an co- activist working, take, getting a job for the enemy. Oh, yeah, they got mad. People got mad because People don't understand that um, his whole time. He's been an activist the whole time, but he also sells paintings at the activism. Right. <laughs> you got to make a dollar. Got to make a dollar, right? Got to eat, too. I know. <laughs> no, I love Lala. I can't. You know, that's one guy, I'll tell you what, uh, that will always have your back. There's not a lot of guys in, in Hollywood like that, but Lala will always. So I had some foul stuff happen to me, and, and Lala was like, I got you. Because he, you're on the show? Yeah. How could we on the show? But he's not even Puerto Rican. I know. He's not even Dominican. He well, wears Richard, socks. Hey, Richard hated me on the show. I bet. What do you say? Richard was like, I don't like him on the show. He's not even Mexican. And Lalo's like, you know what the funny part is about that whole thing is? My mom's sister. <laughs> he's from culture class, this, right? Right. I thought he was going to be about everybody together. Diversity. Getting the culture. Getting a diversity together. The melting pot. Well, the crazy I guess is- these guys just want to put their people only, huh? Yeah. But the funny part is this. My mom... Sister married Raul Enriquez. So I got a whole Latino side. Who's Raul Enriquez? Raul Enriquez, is, he was, I'll tell you what, this was a great guy. This guy is, is my uncle. And when my car would break down, my 65 Mustang, he'd be like, Jeff, come on, we're going. He'd pick me up like 8 in the morning. He'd go, come on, we go, go to the junkyard, get the pieces, we're going to put it together. <laughs> and if, I don't care if I broke down the two, he's going to give me, okay, we'll go. We go get the dry shaft. That's how you put it. And he just put it. I love that guy. I want to say it right now. That was like my favorite uncle. Anytime I saw my car, he could primer. You remember the primer? He, hey, Jeff, I got a new, I want to primer your car. And he'd primer my car. He'd hook it up. And the sad thing is, but and I'm gonna say, my aunt and uncle died in a car accident together. Oh. Um, but I would never forget him because in my teen years, he's the guy that like always had my back when it came to doing something like that. So, Tight. Tight. So I got, that's why I kind of got mad at Richard. I'm like, Richard, do you not know I got a whole side of Arika's family? There's a whole half of my family with this. But then when he called me to do his show, he goes, he was funny. He goes, hey, Jeff, I know we had beef, <laughs> but can you do me a favor? I'm like, what? He goes, can you do my movie? I said, I said let me guess. I'm the only black guy you know. He goes, yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be cultural, bro. <laughs> You know what happened? What do you think, Rodrigo? <laughs> it's more like uh, closed-mindedness, you know? Well, the, the funniness is this. He did this movie, Water and Power, about L.A. Was it Mio Rivera, right? Right. And so he yeah, takes right. it. He did it for, uh, uh, what's what's the festival up, not in, is it Colorado, up in? Aspen. Uh, anyways, the big, you know, the big Sundance. Sundance. So he did it for, for, for the directing thing for Sundance. So they look at it and they go, how are you going to do a movie about L.A. and not have no black people? <laughs> and so he calls me up, hey, Jeff. <laughs> and I'm we like. We got one. I said, well, I guess. I wasn't your mama a booster? <laughs> uh-huh. And you know what I played? I played a drug dealer. Damn. No wonder. <laughs> I guess that I guess that, that one brother from um, Do the Right Thing. Do the right thing was not available. Wasn't huh? available. Oh, m- 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 Malcolm. That's funny. Mookie. Mookie, that guy. Mookie. Because that's probably their other black friend. That was probably was. 
That's probably their other black friend. And their only white friend is probably that New York theater performer, Danny Hooch. Danny Hooch. That's, that's right. probably their only white friend. Yep. So that's how I got on the show. That's how I, that's how I did I know my theater people. Yes, you do. <laughs> and so now we're cool. Now we're, now we're friends. And, you know, he paid me. But that's still days. fucked up, man. Like, like dude, what do you care, bro? He got hired by Lalo. You know? Yeah. He already co-signed for you, man. It's like an... Hey man, you gonna let him in the gang homes? <laughs> it's like I had to get jumped in. You, you gonna know? let that homie join the gang homes? Chale, he's not even Mexican, bro. Oh, yeah, hey, Chale, homie, we're gonna let him in, eh? He's the carnal for me. He's the carnal, eh? So that's how you got in, eh? Bro, there used to be black fools in my neighborhood that were in a black, like all Mexican gang. Yeah. And these fools used to have the mustache exactly like a Mexican fool. And and you see them in prison, they're with the Mexicans. Yeah. I grew up with the, I mean, Baldwin Park. David Merritt, right? Yeah. But nah, man, he, nobody called him David. He was David. <laughs> David. David. That's right. David. <laughs> bro. David. Right. Run DMC. Run David Merritt from the cops. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was Mexican until I was about 16. <laughs> and then it was a gang fight, and they said, get the black guy. I'm like, yeah, let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually happens, huh? <laughs> then they whip my ass. I'm like, yo, why don't y'all tell me I was black, yo? That was yeah, that was messed up, man. Eh? That was that was jacked up. Home. What's so fool? Anthony Martinez, a trucker who listens every week. He's driving right now. Hunk, hunk. Give us a little hunk. Anthony Martinez. <laughs> what else, man? Chicago, man. Okay, we talk about that. Shy town. It's funny, man. Like like that Chicago. You guys, you see that the that Chicago um, shooting of that kid that was on PCP with a knife? Yeah, yeah, they shot him sixteen times and yeah, then man. charged the cop with the murder. It's funny, man. Like the worldview, like in, in America, they say, "Oh, that's messed up." You know, you know, he got shot up sixteen times. You know, they have mercy. But then uh, a, a, a Mexican um, um, reporter from Mexico, she put up the the same video right. of the same kid getting shot. Let me tell you, man, those comments are totally, you think they're coming from white people, bro. They're all Mexicans from Mexico, right? And then, um, oh, man, you know, like, he got shot. This is Spanish. So I'm, I'm quoting Spanish comments, right? He said, you know, he got shot, but you know what? He might have been on PCP now, but later on, he was going to kill somebody in the future. So, you know, you're stopping a future crime. And then somebody told him, you fucking insensitive fucking wetback. You know, but these two me- these are Mexicans fighting each other the way Americans fight each other over the same memes. But then this other Mexican guy said in Spanish, it was hilarious. I'll translate. Ah, pero, pero aquí los federales, la policía municipal y los carteles roban a la gente y los matan, pero nadie, 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 nadie dice pinche world star ni madre. <laughs> He said, over here in Mexico, the cartel, the, the municipal police, the state police are kidnapping people every day and killing them, and no one's yelling out, world star. Right. <laughs> Narco star, eh? Yeah. That's nah. funny, man. You being the only brother hanging out with, the, with all these Mexicans, all these white people, they must, they must single you out just to see what you think, huh? Yeah. That's the story <laughs> of your life. Jeff, yes. El Jefe. Hey, Jeff, what well, uh... Hey, Holmes. Hey, hey Jeff, what the fuck? What do you think about what Scruncho did, man? Hey. <laughs> I'd be like, I ain't saying shit about Scruncho. <laughs> I'm trying to make it to tomorrow. <laughs> you, you talk about Scruncho, you could disappear. You're trying to get Scruncho up here and Freeway Rick Ross on the show. Uh, I interviewed Freeway Rick Ross. You have Freeway Rick Ross? Yeah. R- let me tell good? you something. Let me tell you. Rick is, Rick is uh, excellent. 
On the uh, level? Rick breaks it down. You know, because Rick was flying to, to uh, Nicaragua, uh, buying cocaine from the CIA, and then they would ship it back here for him, and then he'd sell crack to the, the people, you know, to the, in the black ghettos. And that's what, was, that's what Rick was doing. And, and Rick said the only reason that, that they busted him was because they felt like he was getting too powerful. So he said the same people that he bought the cocaine from are the same people that busted him. How deep is that? So when the black folks were saying, you know, in the hood, you know, you brought cocaine in the hood, you cracked in the hood. Yeah, they were. It was the government that was allowing it to happen. They were the one that, that was selling the, uh, the drugs. He said he's making over like $500 million. So he made, when he made that money, they said, okay, he's getting too powerful. He got to go. I think what happened was that he, he well, what always happens, he started using that drug money for good. Yeah. Because he had fuck you money. Well, you know, Jim Brown, why they don't put him in prison? Because when he put him in prison, he saves people. So they're like, fuck it, keep him out. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, he does too much good in prison. It's better to keep him out of prison. And that's, that's deep. Because, you know, Jim Brown took gangsters to, to the, you know, to the other side of the border and showed them what real ghettos and, and what real gangsters were. And it changed a lot of those guys' views on what, what's going on. And so they don't like Jim Brown because anytime you make change, they got to do something to get rid of your ass. And that, that's, that's just the real talk. I mean, all, don't give me, don't give me preaching. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's like I tell people, I said, when you see a cop car, right? You, you know that the cop car, the cops, this is just my view. Cops are there for white folks that make them feel safe because if they don't feel safe, people are going to get voted out of office. And the reason that I know them cop cars are for white people, because it says serve and protect on the cop car, doesn't it? But it only says serve and protect on the white part of the car, not the black. You hear that, Obama? We got to get that changed on a federal level. Yeah, we got to change that font. <laughs> hey, I guarantee you, when people hear that joke, they're going to start, okay, okay, on the black part of the car, we now got to put it in white. Oh, people would hear that joke already. They're going to say it on stage. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is going to be stolen. But no, but that's real, though. I mean, I'll just run with it. Oh, 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 homie, that was brilliant, nigga. Oh, homie, oh, homie I, just, I just did 20 minutes on what, what, what Julian did one minute on. Yes, nigga, I'm, I'm running with that. That was I'm, a lot I'm of the great comics would do, right? Like, they'll see, like, um, I, I was, that's what I, I would always explain, like, what Carlo, people say, well, Carlo Mastillo just stole my shit. He's ahead of his time. He's ahead of his time. Bro, he's just more brilliant than you are right yeah. now. He knows how to, he, it's like when you see a professional guy sees um, a baseball player who could, could, could hit the ball, but he's not hitting it right. Right. And that's what great comics know how to do. Like, they'll hear one bit. From an open micer, and he knows that open micer is never going to do that bit ever again because mm -hmm. he, he hasn't realized how funny it is. Yep. And he doesn't have a recorder. But Mencia does, and all the great comics know how to do is they know how to look at that joke and dissect it. Yeah. And like, what you prior did too. Yeah. They know how to make it funny. They know the how to make, it, they make know it how to broke. add words or make up words to make this joke funny. Facial expression, physical maneuver. Yeah. Like, a, a, like an audible book when it, the guy that was producing uh, Richard Pryor specials and George Carlin specials on HBO, like I think Joe Dillham in the show, Rocco. That guy Rocco, he said he Richard Pryor asked Rocco, Hey Rocco, how do you say um for example, how do you say um ice cream? Spamoni. Spamoni. Okay, fucking spamoni. So he starts doing spamoni all day and missing it all over. Fucking sclamoni, hey. Yeah. I was eating the sclamoni with clamona, salabona. So Richard Pryor does a whole 20 bits just on that word spamoni. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like he did that whole thing about uh, he's going to get paid. He went to the town, dude. Hey, fucking Richard, come here. I caught him ice pick. Hey, I fucking do it. Yeah, <laughs> Richard came in with a gun. I'm going to get my money. Hey, Richard, that's fucking funny. You know, come get that. Say, come get that gun again. Come, you know, it's, Richard's just brilliant, man. I can't, you can't, nobody can mess with Richard. Except for Bill Cosby. Oh. Yeah, man. Hey, they thought. Put him to sleep. You know what the funny part was? <laughs> Bill Cosby thought, put him to sleep. They thought Richard was the crazy one. Actually, Bill was the crazy one. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And all this time, they wanted Bill, Bill Cosby to come over to their house for dinner, not, not Richard Pryor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It's those clean comics you got to watch out for. You do got to watch it because they're the dirtiest ones. They're the dirtiest one, man. Yeah, because they're dirty they're like, always... behind closed doors and dudes that are oh. dirtier up front Sh- with it. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't drink after the show. I don't smoke no weed. I don't do no coke. I just chased after your wife <laughs> and tire that bitch up. <laughs> tire down. Give a little pill. Drink this. Yeah. Hey, were you standing in line with me one time at the comment at the Laugh Factory, and there were um there were it was a big old fucking cattle call, and um it was for a a, sh- a show called Wild Oats or something like that. It was like over over 150 of us. We were standing outside the Laugh Factory to do three minutes, and there was a German girl with us who was just Wait, there. What was her name? I don't know, Tanya or something. And she was like a model. And you and I, I think you and I and some other comment wrote her a five-minute bit while we were waiting. Because she was fine. Yes. She said she never does stand-up comedy. And she was just there. And, like, she, dude, she was not dressed to do stand-up no. comedy. She was, like, beautiful. She was wearing shorts. In no. a tube top, basically. And she was standing in line with us. And then she all she had was a map because she had one joke. A map. She opens up. <laughs> where's what? Where? Where's the whatever? Where's chick, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles? That was her bit. That was her. And I think. Ass. And then, but the whole time, everybody was trying to pick up on her. I think it was you and I and somebody yep. else wrote her a five minute bit, yep. and she killed. Killed it. Never saw her. We were again. focused. <laughs> <laughs> she gave her phone number in German. <laughs> Never saw her again. What's up, yeah. fool? Upcoming shows this weekend, December 3rd to the 8th. No, December 3rd, this weekend, December 3rd to the 6th. I'll be at Pleasanton Comedy. No, this weekend, December 3rd <laughs> to the 6th. Who's reading this? Mayweather? <laughs> this weekend, ah. December 3rd to the 6th, I'll be at Pleasanton, California at Tommy T's with. Rodrigo Torres, people. Yeah, Rodrigo. Flacco will be there from the oh, shop. Oh. Larry Bubbles Brown. Murr. Not Bubbles. Yes, you know him? No. Murr. <laughs> and, um, of course, um, we'll all be there. And December 18 and 19, I'll be at Santa Ynez, California. Chumas Casino with Hell Sparks. Not Co-headlining. How? Co-headlining. That means he goes up first, I go up last. Next day, I go up first, he goes up last. Or depending who gets there first. I used to love how. You know, so remember, did you ever do my room, The Kindness of Strangers? I did it one time. You know, we used to, we used to have everybody. Like Dr. Your King. Your rooms had titles. They had titles, baby. <laughs> That's I right. try to attract quiet white people with The Kindness of Strangers. Yeah, there wasn't nothing quiet about it. Hell no. <laughs> we had, I mean, Dr. Ken started there. He, he used to do stand-up. Uh, that's when uh, 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 oh, what's his, who's the pimpology? Uh, Cat Williams. Cat Williams. That's right. Cat, Cat in the hat. He used to be Cat in the hat. He, he used was, to wear a top hat. He he wore a yeah. red and white Dr. Seuss hat. Yeah. And did one liners. He used to be in there. He'd be like, Yeah, Jeff. Um, yeah, nigga. We Bo P. <laughs> Bo P. What happened to Bo P? He's in Atlanta, bro. Is he? Yes. My first time in Atlanta. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> well, actually, um, this guy named um what's that big ass fool name? Wayete. 
this big old Guayense. He, he, he hooked up a gig in um, Atlanta for me, and and um, Bo Pete did all the promotions. Did he really? He went to all the Mexican spots and put up the show. Really? Now, Ronnie Perry's in, in, is, in, uh, is in Atlanta now. Yeah. It was Bo P and Curtis Arsenal. They were a comedy duo. Not Curtis. That's right. Remember that shit? Yes. Curtis and Bo P. Does he have any hair left, Curtis? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while. Curtis used to be like slick. You know, he's like that slick pimp type, you know, dude. Bo Peep, though. I used to like him just because of his name. I always think he'd have like a blue like a hat on or something. Tied up, you know, <laughs> Bo Peep. That is in- <laughs> they had characters back then. Yeah, there was characters, bro. Sanders, you know. Sanders. Roll and Bo Peep. Bo Peep. Scruncho. Scruncho. That guy that used to roll, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't even understand the madness that would go on back then. And there was a guy that was crazy. That we called this. He used to go like this. Oh, who was yeah, that? My favorite Martian. Oh, he just passed away. Yeah. Oh, what was his name? Oh. He used to rap. I used to always give him extra turkey oh. on Thanksgiving. Yeah, he needed it. Yeah, man. New Year's Eve weekend, people, December 31st to January 3rd. And I mean December 31st to January 3rd. That means there'll be, there will be a show on New Year's Day at the Ontario, California, Ontario Improv. Wow. With Rodrigo Flacco and me and Martin Rizzo. January 14th through the 17th. What? I got shows already to January? What? Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City Improv, people. KC in the house. Love KC. And also we have a guest up and come up and uh, coming up in comedy who I knew in comedy. Oh, that, that was Jeff Keller stuff. <laughs> yeah, up man. Coming, man. So you, you, you know, before we go, man, you don't have no kids, huh? I got a son. Okay, okay. My son's 21, believe it. All that. right. Hey. Yeah. He, from a uh, comic? From Mitzi? You know what? He's funny. Oh, no, from Mitzi. <laughs> nah, from... Uh, yeah, from someone I will not talk about. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you, remember, you remember how you would do shows and then you get caught up with a girl, a groupie, yeah, but you're not supposed to get caught up with a Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. Well, but he's you. funny. He's, he's writing scripts. He's, he's majoring theater. Sort of write uh, me in. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. He, but he's, he's corny. You know, my stuff well, is a little more hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. He he shot a short about dating. You know how you run the credits, you know, put starring, co-starring? Yeah. He put starring, co-starring, and then he put introducing. <laughs> like it's a big show. <laughs> like it's somebody famous. <laughs> I'm like, your ass is That crazy. is corny. <laughs> that is corny, but it's hilarious. So what's up, fool? Where can people find you at on social media? On media, you could get uh, on Twitter. My Twitter name is my mom's white. Um, so yeah. <laughs> and I'm um, every Friday working on Friday Postal Hour Power, four to five KPFK ninety point seven FM. And then I'll be at the Ice House uh December twelfth. Um there's um KPFK can can you listen just on LA or all over the country? Uh we're in we're in uh, San Diego, Santa Barbara, and uh LA. So yeah, we go down the So coast. what's up, fool? Well, Drigo, give us a give us some give us something, bro. <laughs> I'm going to leave you all with uh, this little poem right here. <laughs> First of all, I want all y'all motherfuckers to check out my social media. Rodrigo Torres Jr., Instagram, Tumblr, all that shit, Facebook. <laughs> that was deep. <laughs> Fuck this motherfucker. Oh, yeah, Ronaldo Ray, man. Oh, not Ronaldo. Ronaldo yeah. Ray came and walked the, into his the act Ro- one the time. The Rolls Royce of comedy. Ronaldo Ray walked into his, his show one time and, and when he was performing, At the he was room. doing like some black joke, right, about, um, about black people just... 
black. Jesus wasn't black. He wouldn't take. He wouldn't oh, change. Oh man! And then Ronald Reagan walked in, man. Fuck yeah, that I fuck. can't believe he did David that. David Rosen was right there. He's all, man. Fuck this motherfucker. Wait, we gotta do Ronald Ray right though. Ronald Ray's more like, fuck this motherfucker. I don't know what he's talking about. Some bullshit. Who brought this motherfucker in my club? Yeah, he was pissed though. He did that shit with Mooney. If one I time. ever pay for pussy, that bitch better send me pussy <laughs> over the mail. <laughs> Mooney brought me in, and Ronald Ray said, "Who's this light skinned nigga?" There's only I one should be the only skin. one. That's right. That's what I said. He wanted to be the only one. Yeah, now. he did. He's like, there's only one light skinned nigga in my club. <laughs> and that's Ronaldo motherfucker. Fucking right. Oh, whatever happened to TK Kirkland? I saw, hey, hey, this is real quick. This is the greatest TK Kirkland. I saw him rip Eddie Griffin. It was main room. Eddie ran the light. So they bring up TK Kirkland. TK said, hey, motherfucker. It's T to the motherfucking K. Because the crowd yeah. would go, to the motherfucking K. Right? <laughs> he goes, hey, it's T. The crowd go, to the motherfucking K. He says, so I'm hitting this girl from behind, right? And she's like, oh, you know, TK, I can't come unless I say my husband's name. It's that, well, hey, I said, well, say his name. Why? Because that's the kind of nigga I am. And so I'm hitting it, and she goes, Eddie Griffin, Eddie Griffin. <laughs> and Eddie heard that, ran on the stage. Eddie had like three bags, right? TK is like the king of bagging. TK ripped him like with an Uzi. Eddie said one. Poop. Eddie runs off the stage embarrassed. TK looks at this whole crowd and goes, there's a new nigga at the comedy store. T and the whole crowd goes, to the motherfucking K. Threw the mic down and walked off. I'm like, oh, this is the greatest shit I've ever seen in my life. He would get beat up by Eddie Murphy's bodyguard? Because he stole Eddie Murphy's watch. He stole <laughs> Eddie Murphy's watch. How did that happen, though? He how was at, to, he was at how Eddie's house. How do you get to Eddie Murphy's He was at house, Eddie's house. Eddie was going to use him as his protege. Eddie was was, was hanging with Man, him. Man, comments are fools sometimes. I just saw him open for for Dick Gregory <laughs> TK? last Sunday. Yeah. Are you serious? TK Carpenter. So right? Yeah. I didn't know he opened the show. TK, I heard that he killed, right? Eddie Murphy invited him over to his house yeah. or some huh-huh. Well... <laughs> Well, no, but here, but he took you under his wing. That means he's gonna help well, you out, right? One way or another, <laughs> it's gonna cost you something. So he took his watch, stole his watch, man. and he he wore it on stage, huh? And fruity, and, and bragged, huh? Yeah, fruity got him. Fruity he, got he got him. he got he got beat up at the comedy store for the watch. Uh, I'm not sure what it happened, but yeah, that's what they saying. He got his ass whooped. T to the motherfucker. T, I just love that T. He's a hey man. What's the TK? He said, he said, this this TK love me. He said, uh, he's on stage. He goes, yeah, man. This girl asked me, said, hey, TK, how come you kiss me after you go down on me? He goes, because if I die, you die too, bitch. <laughs> What's up, fool? That's a TK car. That's TK Kirkland right there. Jeff, thank you, Jeff Keller, for all the stories, man. You've been an awesome guest, dog. Hey, Thanks for having me, man. All right, man. What's up, fool? Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today